Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here for episode 196 of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. And today it's all about revenge, return, and the rise. We're going to take a look at the third chapters of the first two trilogies and what they can tell us and perhaps inform us about the third chapter of this trilogy, which also brings to a close all the trilogies, a lot of closing <laughs> today. 
Joseph, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that in a bit. The end yes. of it all. Yes, we are gonna be closers <laughs> today. I guess. Yeah, coffee's for us, man. <laughs> coffee's for us. Hey, before we get to that though, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a thirty day free trial at audibletrial.com/slash/forcecenter. Over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, Joseph, let's dive into li- for uh, for life adventures updates. First of all, I'm. Mostly better. <laughs> Mostly better. You like, just got choked up thinking about the closings. You so much. It's the end of it all. Yeah, I've been battling bronchitis or something. I don't know. I don't go to doctors. Um, but I'm alive. That's okay. the important thing. Did you ask the internet and it said bronchitis or something <laughs> on WebMD? Just, I've had it before and I was like, oh, here we go again. Um, and I, I was about to go. I was so busy. I was about to go. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't go. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay. Little coughs every now and then. But thank you for all, all of you sticking through me, hacking into your ears. Yeah. Um, that's my big update. Your, your big life adventure that's is my big life adventure. less coughing. Less coughing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. My life is uh, mostly making room for my life around all the awesome Star Wars content. Uh, yes. I've been getting about 3.5 hours of sleep uh, per night because I've been staying up late to, to play Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Reading some uh, great Star Wars books that we will uh, talk about, uh, watching all the shows multiple times. Uh, yeah, and I, I got to take uh, about 24 hours away from Los Angeles. I went to uh, Arrow Bear, which yeah. is, uh, I did not know this place existed, but it's uh, between Lake Arrowhead and Big Bear. <laughs> it's up in the mountains, like yeah. two hours outside of Los Angeles, where I got to see my old frenemy Snow that yeah. I know well. I've battled uh, many, many years growing up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota in the Midwest, so it was fun to see Snow in California. But more than anything, to go to a town called Arrow Bear, yeah. I want that superhero. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bear that fires arrows yeah. or an archer that fires bears, but there's a lot to work with in Arrow Bear. But uh, he's up there for a friend's uh, birthday. It was a very nice, relaxing weekend. He's up there with a, a couple of friends, and they are all Star Wars fans. They're all nerds. That's great. They're all in the nerd community. Weekend. But So it was a great weekend, but it was also just a reminder of uh, they're all Star Wars fans, but they were like, so do you think Rise of Skywalker will be good? And I was like, well. Here's my thing. So I think J.J. Abrams sees himself in red. And like it was yeah. it was uh, I dialed back a couple of times, but it was also nice to talk to people who are like, we like Star Wars, but we're not all in. So how about yeah. this? How about that? What do you think about this? How about the Internet conversation around this? <laughs> and it was fun to have a, a conversation with people who are definitely fans. Yeah, yeah. But not like I have read and marked every book with my favorite quotes and, you know. The levels, the levels of Star Wars fandom out there. And at one point you just got up and walked out into the snow. <laughs> no, I, I really had to be like, okay, I could, they said an interesting thing that I could uh, pivot to another Star Wars conversation yeah. or I could ask them about their lives. Yes. I'll do that. <laughs> a good, healthy mix, but a great time with friends. So you, you did nothing but not cough. Uh, yeah. Nothing. No, you know, uh, busy doing a lot of fun things, uh, birthday parties and writings and all those things. But Definitely doing a lot of Fallen Order, playing a lot of Fallen Order, and I, I think I don't want to just always make the the update on Ken's uh, emotional connection or lack thereof with Fallen Order, but things have improved <laughs> since last week. Good, though I just did stream it for the first time on my Twitch channel, and people there got to see. Well, let's just say uh, I forgot the cameras were there, <laughs> and I was really upset at the game. I knapsack unplugged. Yeah. Uh, I have a bit of a temper at times, and it came out of the game. So here's the thing. I, I'm happy to report. The, the reason I want to address this at all, Joseph, is not just to hear me talk about Fallen Order. We, we 
craft a certain way of looking at Star Wars here at Force Center. You mean Jennifer from the beginning, where you know it's not just about trying to remain positive. We are positive about Star yeah. Wars, but occasionally things we don't like things we don't like it as much as you think. And and we have received. I'm thinking back to Chewbacca, Mom. Uh, <laughs> when we don't like something, sometimes it upsets people in a way. And I'm not saying that's wrong. And we understand because we create this really safe environment for celebrating Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fallen Order is not my favorite game. And I, I've, I've had some people reach out and be like, oh, kind of sad that you're not enjoying it as much as I am. It's not that I think the game's bad. I actually think it's a really great game. I really think it looks beautiful. I think there's a lot of great things. Some of the gameplay is really frustrating me. I'm not the world's best gamer. So after falling off things and not pressing the <laughs> L2 with the X and then swinging onto a vine that I've called over by the force uh, and falling nine times, it's been a problem. <laughs> I will say I finally just said, you know, I saw a tweet, a tweet, a friend of mine retweeted. And, and it said, someone said, I am having a lot of fun getting to be a Jedi for two hours and I'm too old to feel bad about playing it on the easiest level. <laughs> and when I saw that, I said, enough with my silly pride about not playing story mode. And I lowered it down and okay. I'm enjoying it more because you know what it was. There's you are like, playing it for the story. I'm playing for the story. There was a kind of a gladiator arena sequence. I'm sure you've experienced some people and it might yes. not have. That one caused me to realize this game was getting into my temper uh, issues. And I had to like, we need to go to the easy level and we need to just defeat our enemies and move on. I understand. Happy to report the story's great. I'm getting pulled in. Uh, I'm having fun with the game, just not my favorite as I hoped it would be, but I just want people to know it's okay. Yeah. It's okay if I don't enjoy it as much as you. Yeah, totally understandable. And I think yeah. there's a big difference between discussing the story and yeah. the canon connections oh, yeah. and the video game play. Because I think a lot of it comes down to, do you like this very specific kind of a video game? Yeah. And for me, there are definitely parts where I, I'm, I'm in this for the emotion. Yeah. And if I feel motivated in the combat by the story, like that scene you're talking about, I was not going to lower the level because mm, I yeah. wanted to kick those yeah, guys' yeah, asses. Right. But there was another fight where like, I am not emotionally compelled by this fight. It's just a thing I have to get through yes. to get to the story. And there's sometimes like, yes, I want to run across that wall. And other times like, I have to run across that wall <laughs> and I can't swear too loud because my wife's asleep. Yes. And it's the only thing that's stopping <laughs> The litany of swears. But yeah. I will say, we're going to do a full review eventually yeah. uh, when, when the time's right. There's so much content right now, uh, which is a, a delight uh, yeah, yeah. as a fan uh, challenge uh, to cover everything mm. uh, for us when we're juggling other things as well. But uh, I will say, I'm loving this story. Uh, uh, there is a part that uh, literal uh, water came from my eyes in a, oh, in a moved by the story way that I'm really looking forward to digging into great. both the story and the video game playing aspect, but I'm saying that I hear you and I understand that there's a difference between being engaged by the Star Wars of it, by the content yeah. of it, and saying th this particular kind of video gaming is not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. Right. And e even if it's extremely well made, which I think... It's well made. I think the combat system is great. I actually think oh, I fall yeah. off things less than I normally do in this kind of video game. Okay. But those moments when it happens, 
Yeah. Man, is it infuriating. Yeah, I hear a lot. I, I think I've already mentioned, but I hear a lot. Like, oh, you, you if you don't like this, you shouldn't play Uncharted. I'm like, yep, quit that one, too. So, um, <laughs> uh, and I'm such a Red Dead Redemption fan, and it's not, it's not, it's different. It's a, just a it's different very approach. different. Yeah. Different approach. And I'm just, that's, Red Dead's more my speed than this one. But again, um, there was one early plot reveal, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah number one, that's the type of girl I used to date in my 20s, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a great plot thing. So, yeah, don't give – I'm excited to experience what everyone's experiencing. Yes. So look for our report where Ken and I report what all characters remind us of people we dated in the past. <laughs> Dark side users. Uh, all right. Yep. So uh, resistance check-in. We're, we're, <laughs> you're a little bit behind. So I'm now three episodes behind. It's so much. And you know what? Here's yep. the funny thing is you and my wife are the exact same amount of behind yeah. on resistance. We need, we need many wonderful qualities that you yep. share. But last night we got home from Arrow Bear. Yeah. And she was like, she reminded me like, you know, you have to watch resistance tonight. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. And I get to, but she's too behind. I was like, I'm happy to watch those two with you. And then get the new one. Yeah. And she's like, I can't stay awake. <laughs> so, so we just uh, jumped to this one. And, and here I'll say this mm. most recent episode uh, is one of my favorites okay. of right. the, the, the whole show because it's drilling into core Star Wars themes. Love it. Yeah, it hasn't been, it's just been one of those things. It's yep. like, do I want to watch Resistance or play Fallen Order before I go to bed? Like, you know, yeah. like, and I'm reading the Force Collector book now. Uh, yeah, we right. got the uh, we got some yes. great books from Insight Publishing, including with yep. uh, a I was going to say the Secret Life of the Jedi. Uh, the, Essentially, the, yeah, yeah. The Secrets of the Jedi. We're going to be digging into all of it. Yeah, it, there's just a little. This is the Star Wars content version of the old vaudeville bit where three people try to enter a doorway at once. <laughs> yes, it, it is. is the Star Wars content version of that absolutely is uh and uh, as always we're not going to really dive into the mandalorian here we have our full review up review and discussion i've I've really started to not like that word review because it leads people to you know where's our rating system no which is it's it's a really deep dive into the show and that is up on the channel right now so i'll catch up with resistance mando's over there it's a great time to be a star wars fan but exhausting the second we are done recording which to pull the yes. curtain back, we're going to be doing for hours today. Yes. The second we are done, yes. I'm going to play Jedi Fallen Order. I'm going to get home and use the excuse of I need to eat dinner as a chance to play more <laughs> of the game. Excellent. So we'll look forward to covering yeah. all of it very, very soon. But I think it's a, is it news time? It is news time. And there's a lot of news. The push already began. But now the promotional push for Rise of Skywalker is right in your face. You can't escape it, even if you want to. If we're one of those uh, people who's like, I don't really want to watch TV spots or clips or uh, context. And we're, we're, we're going to give you the context clue warning right now. If you don't want any of this, skip ahead. We understand. Uh, yeah. Can I, can I yeah, throw, jump throw in, in there? Jump yeah. Because I, I did, I think it was a Star Wars counseling where somebody just really asked me, how can I I, you know, listen to four center, mm. you know, and I tried to break down the content. There's like a straight up, like a stolen spoiler, like mm. a Danish Lego set that we're not supposed to yeah. see the back of. We don't cover that stuff. We yeah. don't talk about it when it's a straight up leak. Right. You know, then right. there's the, Hey, it's the trailer. Of course, we're going to talk yeah. about it. It is publicly released. And then there's this stuff, which is just, I, I described in that is TMI. Mm-hmm. Like even people who watch the trailer, listen, uh, listen to our review. Like, don't want to see all the TV spots with yeah. this 
one second clip that actually does tell you a lot. So uh, I wanted to give that context yeah. to, to people who, who listen to that Star Wars counseling care about it. We're into TMI territory. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. And if you don't want to hear it, totally yeah. cool. Fast forward. <laughs> an ambiguous amount of minutes. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to dive in because it's we, we can't ignore it. It's too much. Yeah. And, and to be honest, there's also a lot of people out there who, who listen. I know our one of our listeners, Chad Benefield, is like, no, give it all. Give me the spoilers. Yeah, give me the it, script. You got the script. Give me the script because <laughs> uh, it doesn't take away from his enjoyment. So so there's there's different ways to approach it and, and uh, both sides have merit we're some i think you and i are often in the middle again we, we don't look at the danish toy release of the nope. lego thing we try to avoid it um i would say there's a chance i would have avoided the clip but i couldn't yes it, it was in my feed and i oh no there's no avoiding this if you're on the internet <laughs> you know what i did i watched it without sound <laughs> and i see the line i saw finn i read his lips so i know yeah. what he said and i saw some people tweeting it read I, my lips i, I did I not can fly now no sound they i still to this moment haven't heard the sound of the clip oh wow it's, it's quite good <laughs> but i've seen the clip <laughs> you yeah, well you know you i think you, you missed a little something so you'll have a surprise in the theater because there's uh, oh good there's some characters in that scene whose lips you cannot read. Oh, okay. They don't move. See, there you go. But we can talk <laughs> about it here. No, no, no. I'm okay. So okay. the two TV spots, Joseph. Also, by the way, an international poster uh, oh my did come God. out. Which here's here's a conversation. There. Yeah, awesome. Revealed. Do we get a friend back? Yeah, a little fluffy feathered friend. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about different posters. Oh, I'm talking about the international poster You're with right. the, with the porg in it. I have not seen that. I was thinking yep. of the. You said that clearly. You said international. I heard IMAX. Oh, the Dolby. Ch- yeah, that, that, that's the, great too. Right. Pose X Wing flight and flying towards right. the, the Sith fleet, so to speak. This, you, you know what, listeners? You are getting live uh, TMI meat no. watching TV. So I have this not great. looked at no, the No, look it up. Poster, look it up. Which I'm um, doing right now. I mean, I am. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm overjoyed. I'm overjoyed if it's if if that porg if it's Turbis that comes back or whatever or a new porg or a high porg chieftain or a Jedi porg I'm excited just to see it on the poster. The porgs have straight up they're still in the Falcon in yes. the book Spark of the Resistance see? like they're it's it's established that they're yeah. there so then uh, you got to start going like well if they're gone what yeah. happened and let's you know I know that character from the Mandalorians all the rage but uh, don't forget the porgs man. Uh, yeah. Pork Nation to the end. Uh, you got it there. Oh, I think I do. I think I do. I think I do. Oh, maybe. Scrimshaw. Yeah, you, yeah, you can. You can keep um, keep moving. So uh, the, the the international poster came out. The Dolby poster came out. Then the TV spot. We got two TV spots actually, both about thirty seconds in length. Length. Uh, one is called End. One is called Fate. They're both very similar. They're both very similar. Yes. Uh, Luke Skywalker VO playing uh, over them. The the uh, Jedi must. Uh, uh, the, the the face in the fear line it is 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 the kind of the theme of both of them. Yeah. Um, oh, there's our little there's furry friend game. looking into Meep. the future. Cheep, cheep, oh, cheep. oh wow. Meep. Yeah, give him top billing. Yeah. Top yeah. billing. Okay, so Great. this is the poster that's really got everybody. Yes, yes. This is awesome. Great poster. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Minimizes Kylo though. It does. It does. Yeah, it's a little bit of an unfortunate position with uh, Kylo and Ray there. But anyway, anyway, moving on. The Porg is great. Porg is great. Um, So these two TV spots, Joseph. uh, One, I I say one of them. What's the one? End focuses a little more on Ray. We got the some stuff. uh, Ray walking around. Uh, We see. I think on Kimji, right? Is on the snowy planet planet where where they're going to meet Zori Bliss. We believe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. 
Uh, we see the Vader helmet from the other angle. Yep. We see that stuff. The second one, Fate, focuses a little bit more on the, uh, what is it? The Pasa- What's that? Pasana. Pasana is the planet. Uh, I have a friend named Basana. I'm going to remember <laughs> Basana now. Uh, and that one, you want your context clues, kids. Ooh, yeah. That looks where the Knights of Ren are. Uh, they are on a cliff. They're on they, a cliff. They, they're looking like a boy band doing a yep. reunion on top of a cliff. It looks like it's, a Ford car commercial with the car with the camera circling around the car. But we know that they are on Pisana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is where that big chase sequence happens. All the kind of stuff. So uh, let's just focus there. Then we'll get into the clip. We'll also, the special look uh, video, and then that ties a little bit. I think it's good to, to address the JJ interview that that was tied to the Good Morning America clip. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, TV spots. What do you think about these favorite shots? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely there's the first, just like okay, okay, get get uh, get over it. That it's the TMI. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I always have that reaction because I I've been really happy that too many things haven't been tied together. So that was my first reaction. Once yeah. I let go of that, I love this. I love the shot, and I love what it means for the cultural moment where they. StarWars.com put out on social media this clip, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in square format for oh, yeah. social media. Right. So, so many people on Twitter were like, oh, cool. We've seen that shot of Kylo reacting to something. Mm. Uh, right. And, all, and some Star Destroy or some stormtroopers getting knocked over. And then Ray just runs and just yeah. effing leaps into space. Cool. And then people take the time to go watch it on YouTube where it's in actual you know, the, mm-hmm. the format of the movie. Yeah. And you can see that she is leaping onto the Falcon, onto the Falcon. in, into, uh, into Finn's waiting outstretched arm. Yeah. We don't actually see her land, but it's, that's a hell of a thing. Cause that's yeah. like, not only is it a cool shot, mm-hmm. you don't know where it is in the movie, but like just in, in terms of thinking about how this can go, it's a, it's mm-hmm. an image of Ray running away from Kylo to Finn. I was, uh, I've been joking that that's her breaking up with him. Yeah, that that's the, like, <laughs> thanks, I got what I needed from you. Yeah. Bye, Ben. Uh, that it might be early <laughs> Not on. bye, boy. Bye, Ben. That, that potentially that lightsaber fight is early, you know, which is something we've kind of been thinking too. But anyways, I'm not to dig too much into it, but yeah, I... Yeah. I I like that shot. I like. I like. I like the. the I really like the shot of Way Ray walking around in the snow and everything. Yeah, it's just turning of, with the lightsaber ignited. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah like what's coming? Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, yeah. So I, in the end, one that's the one that spoke to me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Fate is the one that had the most. Seeing the Knights of Ren was. I mean, we're, we're kind of joking about yeah, yeah. the different things that look like in, in the context clues, but I'm still, I have never not been excited for the Knights of Ren. I like them mm. when we just had a little bit. Yeah. I, I love that they're going to be a main thing. I love that they're getting a comic focused on them. Right. Uh, I love everything we know so far. They're aesthetically cool. So I was really excited to see them. And it, and it does look like, oh man, if our heroes think, oh, we got a few stormtroopers to deal with. Yeah. What right. the hell's that? And that's, how could they defeat them? Yeah, yeah, that's frightening. Mm-hmm. I love seeing them in action. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've I'm always been excited about about the Knights of Ren, but but uh, um, to finally see them again, just to see them living, breathing, moving, three dimensional in a Star Wars yeah. movie, not just a flashback. That's pretty darn cool. And and whatever sequence. You know, whatever fight ends up happening because of that, it's I, it's gonna be really good. Yeah. So just on pure action alone, yeah. I'm, I'm anticipating it. Which one of these spots probably end has three PO saying, uh, "I'm paraphrasing, if this it, it, it it's all over if we don't win this battle." Oh, maybe that's fate. I, I don't think it's an end. Okay. 
Maybe I could be wrong. Uh, and I thought starts with more of the looking at my friends line. Yes, yes. But it could be. Yeah, but that, it was a new line of dialogue for three PO, which really yeah, highlighted. You're right, you're it right. almost seemed like a sequence of three PO rationalizing why he's going to make whatever sacrifice he's going to make. Right. I think you're right. Oh man. Which I, I think in it's, going towards the overall mood of what is being presented by both of these these commercials. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're getting people to buy tickets, but they're also telling us this is what the movie's about. Yeah. And this is the like. All, all hands, you know, on deck. This is it's it's now or never. Really, you know, the old Star Wars quote: "It's now or never." But yeah. really, underlining everything has been coming to this, and everyone and everything is at stake. I was a little more affected this time around of seeing the fleet of star destroyers mm-hmm. with the lightning and everything that we'd seen a either the same shot or a version of the shot and some of the teaser stuff. Uh, and I was like, yeah, "It's great," but now to know that we got kind of that big final—well, I don't want—I don't know, I if, don't it's know if it's final. final. I don't know if it's final. Yeah, but that big battle with the space horses on the Star Destroyers, all that stuff, and B wings flying around. We got a shot of a Sith trooper Sith. in one of these commercials right. now. Actively oh, right. on uh, shooting at uh, yeah Finn. It looks like and Finn shooting back. So to see the, the that little flash of now the the fleet of Star Destroyers with a little bit more context of what happens i was like ooh, ooh, give me that give me that action man yeah um we love our big themes here at star wars but uh as a force center but we love our action and and i think there's going to be some big set pieces coming oh my god i think that's one of the things that uh that is speaking to me about connecting all of these different shots is i feel like uh, i feel like abrams and team are really digging into what are the core ideas of yep. star wars yep it's not it's easy to just go, yeah, yeah, we heard that line already. But the fact that both of these commercials have Luke saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's the destiny of a Jedi yep. to confront fear, fear, is reminding you, hey, these are these big ideas that the that the whole Skywalker saga has been about. Yeah. And they are not going to be background things. They're, that's what this movie is about. But then on top of that, it also feels like Ambrose and team are, are kind of like the Mandalorian going, what have we never seen in a movie? Yeah. We want to see, you know, hey, we've never seen quite something like Knights of Ren in mm-hmm. in the main movie. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people online are are making jokes about that uh, Good Morning America clip. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because our heroes are reacting to troopers flying like it's right. something new. Right. And, and we it's not new to us as fans. Right. It's not new to the galaxy, but it is new to the Skywalker saga. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Which means besides one space tiny space trooper in the background, right? Right. Uh, that's yeah. not a thing we've watched. We haven't watched Han, you know, in Return of Jedi. He doesn't mow down eighteen hundred, right? You know, right? Jet trooper, stormtroopers on you know, Endor, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah, the, the clip, I guess. Yeah, sorry. My, no, 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 no. My no. point being, I think they're trying to Big do things. new new things that are yeah. new and exciting action wise for the Skywalker saga yeah. films. Which leads me to kind of to that clip and and the jet troopers, which we've been seeing. When do we video games from the dawn of time almost? Oh Star yeah, Wars, with, right? with, yeah. Um, that's been a and I've never been a super jet trooper fan. Uh, for it's a it's a weird thing to say, but I'm like <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's like superhero-y. but I like them in video games, and I'm actually I'm also not good at them in Battlefront too, so yeah. that might be part of the problem. Um, <laughs> but. I, the, to, to what you're describing of, of them sitting around going, what can we put into this movie that ne- hasn't necessarily been in a Star Wars film before? Yeah. Uh, these little track speeders that launch up and, and send the jet troopers it's after a, them. Yeah, to me, it's a cool, surprising move. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of people who have never seen them before, who haven't played the video games, who haven't watched the TV shows, they are going to be like, like Finn. 
Yeah. They fly now. Um, and I think it's, it just speaks to like, if you're sitting in a room and you have a whiteboard and some sketch pads and what can we come up with? What if, what if they, what if these things launch them? Yeah. It just, that's tells me what they're putting. They're all hands on deck for the movie as well. Not yeah. just the characters, the creators. And that's the thing for me is like, yeah, I, I want to look at it in context and that they fly now people, some Star Wars fans are making fun of it. Uh, yeah. because, yeah. and then here's a clip of all the characters who've ever used a jetpack in all of Star Wars. Like, yeah. well, they're not Mandalorians. And I sit and play Battlefront 2 and fight, you know, jet troopers of all different, you know, eras. Yep. But in the context of the film, our heroes haven't encountered First Order jet troopers before, and they've been being shot at by First Order stormtroopers for a while now. They think they're in their clear because like, yeah, those guys are way back there. They get launched. It's new to them. I think it is one of those moments like, I don't want, I personally don't want to be that pedantic where I assume that uh-huh. Finn has also seen all of the video game play that I have done. That's yeah. not the part of the story to me is canonical in the video games. Yeah. Every multiplayer, you know, yeah. <laughs> fight I have on yeah. uh, in battlefront two does not need to be canonically yeah. known by Poe Dameron yeah. to me. And look, Finn's probably, you know, they didn't have that around when I worked for them. Uh, yeah. So it makes sense. And, and it speaks to, I you know I get a little grumpy with the the canon checklist of of approaching to these movies and shows. Yeah, don't let it get in the way of the fun and wonder. Yeah, and that to me is like a yeah. Hey, the heroes are that's a that's a Han Solo moment of like we we got this. We can outrun them. Ah, damn it, they fly. Yeah, yeah, great. So, like yeah, that that's the spirit of yeah. of big screen Star Wars to me. It is, and it, and it looks just bonkers yeah as i keep going back to the space horses like i i never would have thought that's what i wanted to see and just that and who know maybe maybe at the end of the movie i go too many space horses but that clip and that and that trailer made me just go like what am i watching this yeah. is star wars and it's batshit and it's episode nine and so now stormtroopers are being launched off of speeders yeah off the back of speeders it. yeah and like yeah if you want to poke fun of it fine if you don't like it fine but for me it's like hey remember the first time you saw a tie fighter and you heard that cool whine and you watched those green lasers blast out yeah did you go well, actually, with those wings, they don't have any <laughs> peripheral vision. That's a terrible construction for a ship. This movie yes. is bad. Did you? Is that is that what you thought? No, you thought Thank that you. wind, that blast. Yep. They look so cool, and that I want to approach Star Wars. Yep. Unless they're just like, here's Greedo. He's been alive. Like, unless they just break that, yes, an no. obvious piece of super that, important relevant. Mm, Greedo isn't even that if, important. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Unless if, they just ignore. You know, if Hansel is like, it was just a scratch. I'm alive. Great. Yes. Great. But don't yeah. don't let it get in the way of the fun and the wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Final point on it from. Sorry. From, from, no, 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 no. For me. No, no, no. This is great. Uh, you let me get grumpy this week in the Mandalorian review. Um, no, it, it, it's they're not going. Well, Luke and Leia were cousins. As if not like a change in the story, but ignoring. Ignoring that they were siblings. Ignoring yeah. that they were siblings. Flying stormtroopers in a movie. My dad's never seen him. Don't worry. It's going to be good. Confirmation (laughs) that 3PO has not played Battlefront 2. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Should we talk about other things? Well, so that's the clip. Um, They released also the day before the special look. They do the special look so well. Yes, they do. And this was... uh, uh, had uh, it's it's the entire sequence. It's really playing up the fact that uh, this is the end of uh, 
the sequel trilogy, but also these nine movies and the what they're you know they've been calling the Skywalker saga. Um, did you get a sense that a what? Did it emotionally tug your heartstrings? Yes, and really drive home that this is this is the end of this story. Yeah, I think it drove home that this is the end of the story. But I think also it, it did an elegant job of saying, look how much impact this has had mm-hmm. on people in the real world, yeah, across the world in generationally. Like when you see yes. a shot of super young Carrie Fisher talking about how Princess Leia isn't a victim in French because she could Mm -hmm. and because there was that much global interest. And then two seconds later, here she is on set with her daughter in The Force Awakens. It does just really quickly get back to... We've all... If you're a Star Wars fan, you've you've walked with these movies. If you're 6 or 68, whatever it is, they've impacted the world. They've impacted your life. And I think you did a great job of just kind of reminding an emotional yeah. reminder of they are movies, but they spill out into the real world in such um, dramatic and impactful ways. They do such a good job with those. And, and, and almost every little highlight, uh, even the Carrie Fisher tribute I'm thinking of back in 2017 uh, and a lot of the, the music they they kind of use this piece of music and other things. And it's just, it really starts to it swells. It pulls you in. It makes you think of your own life. It makes you think of where you were when you first saw it and what yeah. we're doing now. And then, and, and, and when it fades to black, I'm just like, I'm ready. Yeah. My journey, my journey with this Star Wars obviously goes on, but this story, the one that brought me in, um, is coming to a close, and it made me just feel like emotionally ready to go experience. Yeah, this. I love that. It was cool to just throw out there in this clip. Like, by the way, Lin Manuel Miranda is uh, also oh, a yeah, Resistance yeah. agent. Yeah, yes, it's yes. on Team Resistance. That was really cool. That the again talking about the real world impact in the generational aspect. That yep. little scene, which I'm sure has been in uh, other places, but but John Boyega getting Harrison Ford to sign his action figure, oh, and then yeah. Daisy, Daisy really going, he signed his action, action figure. <laughs> yes, it's like that's all levels of like that's not just like these are popular movies. That's about yeah. the connection to action figures. That's about yeah. John Boyega being. I'm the star of the new Star Wars, but I am in awe of the old star of yeah. Star Wars. To Daisy Ridley going, action figures. Hey, that nerd. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, it's it got me. Like I said got me really excited. Yeah, doing so well. Um, and then Good Morning America is where this clip comes out. Yeah, and JJ. So I did. I I actually um, probably because I played Fallen Order this morning. <laughs> missed this. Uh, I, I saw the clip, but didn't see the JJ interview. You, you, yeah, you, you're, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, there's some juicy stuff. Uh, there was JJ uh, Abrams said that one of the actors left. Uh, a copy of the script under their bed in a the a person cleaning wherever the oh, actor was wow. found it gave it to somebody else that person put it on eBay yeah. and Lucasfilm managed to stop it in time wow but the script was briefly on eBay uh, that was just like a fun uh, the adventures of secrecy detail but in terms of we're still way in TMI territory for yeah, people who don't yeah, want to yeah, know yeah, these very things much, very much he he was saying some familiar things about. Uh, creating crafting Leia's role in the film. But he said that there were five or six scenes from the force awakens that they hadn't used. Wow. And for me, that's a little bit more content than I thought they had to work with, which makes me excited that there's a little bit more flexibility with how they can craft Leia's story in the rise of Skywalker. Well, and we're going to tell the the next thing we're going to talk about after this is the Rolling Stone interview that JJ had. And that's where he talked about, um, the Hosnian Prime stuff, and that you know they 
he doesn't go into detail, but we we know what the character was Corsella and how how you know they shot a lot of stuff with Corsella and Leia, and I think yeah, I'd forgotten kind of about that. And there's like one scene yeah. on the uh, on the DVD uh, release, mm-hmm. the Blu-ray uh, release of Leia and Corsella, right? But so right. I thought that was kind of it. But this suggests there was a lot more a lot there. More, um, and that's exciting. And I hadn't thought about those other options. Because uh, up until now, I'm like, what? What from the final moments with Ray and Leia did they keep that didn't work? But it's we're gonna the the stuff with Ma, remember Maz Kanata handing yeah. Leia the lightsaber. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of meaty things, and that kind of yeah. makes me feel good that they were like, no, we had enough to work with. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, and then he also said, and this is really if you want to plug your ears for 30 seconds, this <laughs> is really the the TMI. Uh, I almost do too, but it was something we already <laughs> kind of guessed. So. Yeah, so the clip that he showed on Good Morning America of the chase on Pisana, he says, happens early in the movie. Right. So you, you do start to put together context clues then of, well, probably Pisana, mm. then uh, Kimji, Hmm. Uh, yeah. Because the you know he said a bunch of times they stay together. At some point, Ray clearly goes off on her own, yeah. and, and uh, it looks like that's where Knights of Ren are, uh, at least for part of the movie. So uh, lots of good things there. Okay. Uh, the last thing that I, that I wanted to say about the that special look interview, clip, yeah, oh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. So the, the that would, I mean that was pretty much re- okay. it for the JJ interview. Uh, everything else was it was good and it was interesting, but dovetails with things he's uh, said before. This you were talking about asking about the special look making you feel like this journey is at an end. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that they ended that special look edit with a clip of Mark Hamill from filming Return of the Jedi mm. when he's saying, you you want to savor every moment because you know it is the last. Yeah. Which, when you're just watching it, like, cool. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great sentiment. Classic interview from Mark Hamill. Like, that's from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Came back for two more trilogies after that. So there's a, it almost felt like, hey, if you really want to communicate, this is truly the end. Yeah. Why did you end it on a clip <laughs> that is from yeah. two endings ago? Which and and I'm not like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 2022. It's going to be another trilogy. Right. Like I don't think I think they truly mean right now. Right. We're we're gonna end it maybe someday yeah. later. But I think I enjoyed it because there's a level of irony to it. It was almost like Mark Hamill saying his Luke Skywalker line of yeah. no one's ever really gone of never really gone. Here he is back in the early eighties no saying, gone. this is it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I didn't really thought of those terms. I just was like, Oh man, I'm going to be the first time I see it. I don't yeah. know. I'm going to just be like trying to soak it. I almost can. And, and most of us, you know, either talking or listening right now, um, have multiple tickets procured because yes. you know, you know, the first one is just going to be, ah, just the yes. entire time. <laughs> that, okay. Oh, that happened. Yeah, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. There's a lot crazy. to absorb, but uh, we got a little bit of uh, prep from some of these interviews, huh? Yeah. We, so look, look, JJ, there's a, so there's JJ interviews, a little clip with uh, Trevorrow and Empire Magazine. And we're going to catch up a little bit with the Kathleen Kennedy mayhem, as I'm calling it, but uh, her her own Rolling Stone interview. Let's start with J.J. Uh, his t- address, George Lucas, Episode 8, Ray, and a lot more. I'm just going to run some of the highlights that I had, and Joseph, and then we'll just start diving in. Um, he, again, talked about how Episode 9 is more ambitious than 7. Um, he's really been talking a lot about that. How uh, you know We know in the past he's talked about 8 and kind of inspired him to be like, oh, gloves can come off. Yeah. Yep. 
in in regards to aid, he uh, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he appreciates Ryan's choices, but admits he might have made different ones and says just as Ryan would have made different ones if he had made episode seven. Uh, this this was a pretty honest paragraph to me, this little thing. I feel like both the, the yeah. both Rolling Stones interviews, the one with JJ and Kathleen Kennedy, were yeah. d- really direct, hard questions, and they both answered them. Yeah, I answered them. Um, and I, I, what I mean, like, I wouldn't expect him to be like, oh, no, everything was perfect. Now, he has said in the past, none of the choices affected his story, that he was able, still able to do everything he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but... This was this was very honest as a, as a filmmaker. Yeah, no, I would have done things different. He, he got, did discuss a little bit of like, wow, I was like, wow, Luke was dark and, and that was unexpected. Doesn't say he doesn't like it. Doesn't say he loves it. Just the truth of like, wow, that was where he decided to go. And, yeah, and I didn't. I thought that was fun. Didn't he say he laughed when Snoke died? He laughed when they, they yeah. asked him specifically about that. And he had read the script and saw some cuts. Um, yeah, and and he said he called eight subversions unexpected and, and again really fun that they felt that was part of the fun of the story. Yeah. Um, he goes, this is I've been loving all the stuff that Chris Terrio has been saying about writing this movie and how things he picked up of from eight, particularly with Kylo and Ray. But uh, co-writer uh, Chris Terrio, uh, his, uh, according to JJ, his knowledge of Star Wars canon on par with this guy at Lucasfilm <laughs> named Pablo Hidalgo, who's uh, um, kind of uh, the treasure trove of information, as JJ says. Uh, that I want to pause for a second there. The, the fact that Terrio might be like on his own, like, well, you know, uh, this planet's called Mortis or this is that like. That's interesting. To yeah. Me. Yeah. That's very, very interesting to me. And it makes me uh, think about uh, of how, how Terrio approaches this mm-hmm. is because Abrams also says that he is a writer. He is just a researcher and he's carrying around books. Right. And that he, Abrams, reads some books and catches up with right, some right. animated series, but can't keep up with it all. So I think this continues to be a really good balance in terms of needing the new and the old in star wars yeah needing somebody who's like look i i really know all of the little details and somebody who's going like yeah but we're making something new too yeah so what if what if what if what if so having that balance between having somebody like abrams who is really trying to take the gloves off take the action figures out of the package and play with them yeah and having terio who's somebody who clearly is 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 hooked into Mm. Here's a minor detail from season two of Rebels. Yeah, that might. has some fun rhythm with what we're talking about. So yeah. do we? Not even do we put it on screen, but just like this is I. This is a whole fabric of yeah. of Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is I, really really cool to me. I like that. I like that partnership. I like that that balance. Yeah, JJ is a Star Wars fan. We've always talked about that. Now here's the thing. So now this means I've kind of eaten some words because I'm always <laughs> saying I doubt JJ and Chris Terrio have been watching Rebels and Clo- well, it turns out Terrio has been. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm glad to be a little wrong about that. I'll admit that. I just assumed the guy who wrote Argo he didn't have time to watch Star Wars, but. He did. And that makes me wonder some of the little choices in Argo that mm. one of the reasons I liked Argo is that it really put it in context that there's a lot of Star Wars dotted in the background yeah. of Argo. And like, was that in the script? Was there that Terrio go. going like, hey, if you're <laughs> dealing with a kid this age at this time. Yeah. 
He's got Luke Skywalker on his on his bed Absolutely. behind him. <laughs> um, so then this is an interesting one. I wanted to highlight it because it's something that you and I have actually we talked about it off air more than anything. So the joke for years has been J.J. Abrams and his mystery box. Um, Star Trek in a darkness brought into, into fold and a lot of things with seven and and that gets used a lot. And I joke about it a lot. But J.J. went into the origins of the mystery box and, and a lot of people did know that there was, there was a TED talk he gave and he talked about it. But J.J. Uh, basically, and I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing, Joseph, but he basically says, yeah, that's not a thing with me. I had a mm-hmm. TED talk and I needed to know. And there, this thing with the mystery box that his father gave him or whatever is like, yeah, that was like a story and people bring it up. And I'm like, oh, that thing. Yeah. No, that's the thing I did. I make movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think it's a, he has a, a box that his grandfather gave him yeah, that he's never opened. And he takes that as a symbol of the excitement that is a starting point of a story. Yeah. Of what is in there. Mm-hmm. What is making this tick? What's going on underneath the surface? Did a TED talk about this? Because he apparently agreed to do a TED talk without coming yeah. up with a topic first. Yeah, right. And somebody else was like, hey, you got that mystery box. Talk about talk that. Talk about that. Yes. Yeah, I feel like in, uh, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say J.J. Abrams has a higher profile than us here at, at Four uh, Center. Yeah, a little bit. A, little a bit. larger okay. career. But I think I can relate just from the, like, you know, you and I talk about Star Wars for hours and hours. Yeah. Some things you and I and our audience kind of settles into, here's a viewpoint we really have. Yeah, yeah. Other times, we made a joke two years ago. And sometimes you get a tweet and somebody going, Mm. I thought you guys really thought X. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't remember every single thing I said. That, from my perspective, that's a thing you heard. Yeah. And I said it, and I'll take responsibility for it, but it's not my driving... Yeah. agenda it's not how i see the world it's a thing i said once yeah and other people have decided that that's that's the thing my yeah. thing that that is entirely who mm-hmm. i am and i i felt uh like that's where abrams is really coming from of like yeah. yes that is one of the many ways i look at stories yeah and this goes to people conflating uh you know some of the choices for into darkness with uh, spoilers for in Star Trek Into Darkness. He's con. He's not con. Right. That, the, people have said that were the, that was the writer's choices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Abrams produced Lost. He worked on the pilot. Right. Then he was out. out. If you don't think Lost was resolved, well, that's not about JJ's mystery box. He's yeah. not about a polar bear is great, and I don't need an answer. He didn't do, do it. it. <laughs> didn't actually do it. GD polar. Bear. So I yeah. I really uh, mm, I really relate yeah. to that because I have friends who are personally really annoyed with the force awakens because they think it's just a mystery box Mm. they think it's just Mm. to tease what's inside and they think jj abrams has a storytelling perspective that it doesn't matter what's inside yeah it matters that i tease you to be interested in what's inside and i think jj abrams is clearly interested in what's inside yeah in i think all of the rise of the skywalker is going to be the inside of the mystery box every corner <laughs> every corner of the mystery corner. box because it's not the driving yeah focus of his uh his viewpoint on telling the story i thought it was really interesting and he he you know i don't want to interpret interpret his tone wrong but there was almost kind of this like annoyed not annoyed with the reporter but just kind of like yeah man it is it's a thing a talk i don't know 
I don't know. Like it's a th- I, I was so I was kind of like, go for it. Yes, JJ, refute these these narratives that pop up. You know, like right. like you, you, go make your movie, man. Yeah, how take you, it home. How would you feel if you were the Seven Eleven guy forever? Like you make jokes well, about enjoying dining at Seven Eleven. See here, that's, that is one part of your life. That is one part of your public persona. If yeah. people were just like, I don't trust Ken Napsok's uh, opinion on Game of Thrones because he's the Seven yeah. Eleven guy. Well, it's so funny, <laughs> and like that started as a joke because I, I I'll get a, a cold sandwich maybe. A coffee and, and because i had some national holiday dinners from 7-eleven i tweeted them out yeah you know because we're cultivating a, an online journey for people to follow it's a bit of truth and a bit yeah. of fun but it's not all of who you are i'll get people tweet me like oh i bet you're eating a 7-eleven hot dog i've never once had any hot food <laughs> from 7-eleven i go to 7-eleven there's one around the corner from my house for my coffee and even then i make coffee at home so it's just an online, not persona, but just like, hey, here's the thing I do. Take some joy in it and move on. And I'll get, you know, packages sent to me. Well, you can send me packages. But uh, right. it's uh, not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's when not it's a bad thing. To but it's to the uh, exclusion of everything else. Yes. And it's like, no, I also go to the smokehouse where I have like $200 <laughs> dinners. Like I don't eat gas station sandwiches. It's just a joke of it. So uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was like, yeah, it's kind of like when people think I get hot bites at 7-Eleven. I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we opened that mystery box, right? Yes. And, yes. And then the we sealed it with some, uh, some good there, duct tape. There we go. But it, 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 to, to get back to Star Wars, away from 7-Eleven, <laughs> back to Star Wars, to me, Please. it's just uh, uh, even taking my own uh, passionate opinions about it uh, out of the mm. way. I think it is reassuring that he's like, no, I yes. really don't believe that it, it's about teasing you and never giving you an answer. Yeah. Uh, it's not a mystery of Edwin Drood. It's I, I want to tell the full story, and I think the full story has value and i think that's why it was key to highlight it was i was just like yeah he is just he, he's aware and, uh, you had said a long time ago you know, I, you're like i'm uh, when jj came back and it was like well he doesn't finish strong and again the lost thing we talked about that but like you you got you you were the first to say like he's probably aware of that that that's, that, that's the, his reputation yeah he's like i'll yeah. show you i can yeah. close the Let deal i'll show you i can it. stick the landing yeah um he he went on the the, the reporter asked uh, about uh, some uh, force awakening stuff goes into it I, and please feel, joseph anything that notes oh, you yeah, made yeah, yeah. i'm just going off some things i put down um they talked about the hosnian prime thing and about how it didn't maybe have as big a, an emotional impact and there's some for me. There's some truth to that too. It wasn't until you dig more into the story and learn a little bit more about who Corsella was and why yeah. she was sent there. Um, yeah, I remember the first one or two times I watched it. I was like, oh, all right, they blew up five planets. Okay, uh, I even missed some of the exposition that was uh, dealt with in there. Yeah. So I think it was a fair question. And JJ did talk about one. I love that he said, well, you know, <laughs> George wanted to shoot some Alderaan scenes and he didn't. Because he couldn't, yeah, couldn't. The, the interviewer brings that up. The oh, interview, the interview yeah, brought the that interview up. Yeah. like, you know, I've always heard that that George wanted yeah, wanted yeah. to shoot scenes of people on Alderaan. Yeah, uh, and but he didn't. And I, I, Abrams' response is like, "Wow, I never heard that." And also. Didn't need it. <laughs> Didn't need. I'd it. say A New Hope was a perfect movie. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, um, and he um, did talk about it again. <laughs> we oh, uh, my bronchitis is coming back. <laughs> uh, the Corsella stuff, and then they did have it, and they made that decision. And I think again, I think it pres- preserves. Uh, a better intro of Leia in the yep. movie later on. Um, the novel has this stuff if you want it in the story, and it's good. It's good. I, I remember reading it in the novel, going, "Oh, this is neat," but yeah, it works out, to have Leia later. Lays, lays out the political situation, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Which, which I think the, the maybe could have found a way to mm. lay out the political situation better. But for this specific question of, yeah. of people saying, 
oh, a uh, whole system died, this massive cataclysm, yeah. and I didn't feel it. To me, there are a couple things about that. Yeah. The characters felt it. Yes. It's it's why Finn and Han, up to a point, on Takodana mm-hmm. are like, wait, mm-hmm. I'm going to answer the hero's call. Right. Um, so our, the characters feel it. And then this goes back to tone, because we talk about this a lot on uh, with A New Hope. Yeah. Um, we did an episode a while back, I think, about death and violence in Star Wars. Yes. And we're talking about, it, not only is it what George didn't get a chance to film, it's a choice, because in 1977... A New Hope, it wasn't called A New Hope in 1977, I know, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars was a fun romp. Yeah. It was a simple story of good versus evil, and it depicted horrible, terrible violence, mm-hmm. but it made a choice as a film to not stop and make you feel it a bunch, because it had other priorities. Right. And I feel like you, you, that you have to make those choices in storytelling of... This is a thing we want the characters to feel. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi felt it. Leia felt it. And it motivated them. Mm -hmm. But we, the storytellers want us to stay connected to those characters. Yeah. This is not a disaster movie (laughs) set in the Star Wars universe. We're following these characters. So to me, it's like, it's a choice and it's valid for you to go, oh, I think Mm -hmm. it's irresponsible storytelling if you have an absolute cataclysm, a death of billions, you should make me feel it that's fine for me it's a storytelling choice because it becomes an entirely different movie Mm -hmm. if it stops to go kind of full rogue one and go remember yeah every one of those souls was a person anyway yeah back to finn fighting the story like yeah it reminds me of solo where a lot of people were complaining about uh, val and rio die and well, we just didn't feel it. The Beckett didn't uh, didn't do it, and we 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 would always counter. He he took the time to bury them and build graves where we find him when Solo comes yeah. up to him. The character felt it. You didn't need twenty minute funeral for Val. I <laughs> guarantee. Rio. I guarantee. If yeah. if Star Wars movies in particular slowed down to make you feel every Everything. bit of of loss yeah then it, the movies would be criticized for being slow yeah and less yeah. fun yeah because it's a it's a fine line that star wars star wars, wars. walks yeah. with having the fun violence and then having the yeah is absolutely wiped out billions of people in a yeah. second yeah sometimes you want to absorb that simply as a fact and go to the books go to yeah, you know mind. To, to go to your own mind yeah for the true weight of that mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I thought it was great that they addressed it there. Those are some of my highlights. Do you have any other highlights from this uh, pretty meaty JJ interview? Yeah, just a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, is something we kind of heard before, but the, another confirmation that uh, JJ met with George Lucas specifically for The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Even after George had, you know, criticisms of his own of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I like that he said George really conveyed to us what was important to him. Mm-hmm. So the... Wherever George's mind is at right now with midi-chlorians or if it's back to like, hey, for me, this really refocused and this whole thing is about fear or this is about generations. And or if the emperor is coming back, this is what I think his whatever George said, Mm -hmm. the JJ was like, we really tried to keep those in mind. So, like, that's really cool to me to know that, like, this really feels like it's going to be not just like fan fiction, some other character Mm because some other writers riffing. Yeah. 
but it is tied to Lucas's original which, ideas, which is what we've. I think we've been banging that drum for a long time. Of, yeah, of, of it, a lot of it traces back like a like a good uh, track at a serial killer. Get those strings on uh, thumbtacks; they go back to George's <laughs> core. Yeah, uh, he talks. J.J. Abrams talks a lot about inevit- inevitability, which he has done in multiple interviews. Mm-hmm. But that again is about an anti mystery box perspective yeah. of. Well, here's Ray. Here's who she is. Here's her baggage. Here's Kylo. Well, if these, uh, you know, if they keep moving, mm-hmm. acting on their own issues, they're going to determine the plot, plot because eventually they're going to reach their destiny. Mm. They're going to have to face who they are. Yeah. And that means that X, Y, or Z is going to happen because they have to face the choices that they have to face. To me, it talks to, to letting a, a plot be moved by the characters yeah in great star wars uh, uh themes of you have a destiny yeah and you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to make a choice choice and abrams and terrio and even george lucas asking themselves what are the inevitable choices that our main characters are going to have to make have to make that's that's what it's all about yeah um the last thing which is just a little thing that i really loved is um like we said, this Rolling Stone interview for both J.J. Uh, Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy were asking these sort of fan questions of like, but fans have, have had issues with X. Mm-hmm. And one of them straight up asked J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, a lot of people think Ray is too powerful and learns things too fast even for a Jedi, even yeah. faster than Luke Skywalker. And Abrams' response is like, yeah, yeah, she does. Seems like there's something going on with that, huh? <laughs> uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But yeah. that was a great confirmation. I think it's in the film. It's called The Force Awakens. Yeah. Ray herself is like, I don't know how I did don't that. Yep. The, I've flown ships before, but never like that with the Falcon. Mm-hmm. That makes me really excited that Abrams has a strong hand and always has on. Yeah. I'm not just throwing stuff against the wall about who yeah. she is. I have an idea of of who she is in the way that matters to who her character is. And a part of that is, yeah, here's who you are as a human naturally. And now you're burdened with insanely awesome power that is suddenly awakening in you. Yeah. I mean, how, how how does that, what does that do to you as a human? What does that do to your choices? What does that do to the galaxy? And the fact that that is a, like, yeah, it's not, Oh, we we ran out of time. We wanted to do a mind Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's on it's on purpose. And I'm oh, let me man. finish my sentence. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 look. Ray's got skills outside of that. She she already was a pilot. She always was a great street fighter. She's so all that's there. But yeah, it's the stuff that was present. But also it go, it speaks a little bit, not not so directly, but speaks to the uh, this idea that uh, anything that's not immediately explained is a plot hole or a plot or, problem. Or a annoying mystery, yeah. unsolved mystery. Yeah. yeah, And especially in a trilogy of movies, <laughs> um, waiting to, to get to the end is, 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 that's a valuable trait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, lo- yeah, I loved all the stuff about Ray, a lot of stuff. I thought, that, I thought there was a pretty big non-reveal reveal from J.J. of like, yeah, imagine that, huh? Yeah. Um, it was it's a, really good. It's a part of her story. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the, the how they approach Ray and the story based around Ray. Great stuff yeah. there. Um, anything more from J.J.? No, I'm good. Because then we're going to go to a little clip. Uh, I had you pointed at my direction of Colin Trevorrow, Empire Magazine. And the, uh, we talked last week about how Trevorrow and Derek Connolly are getting some story by credit from 
uh, WGA. And again, that that at the at the time with that information, that could be anything. That could be yep. They took a lot of the plot. That could be as you pointed out, Joseph. Hey, there's lightsaber fights. Um, <laughs> it, our, yeah. our WGA our arbitration is a weird, fun thing. But Colin just. Plata said here, J.J. kept some of our ideas. He was very gracious, yes. Very gracious. Uh, And and Colin also was like, hey, I'm not going to tell you either. Go enjoy the movie. Yeah. Maybe later we'll talk about it. But he did say, hey, Palpatine, all team J.J. Yes. We We didn't even think about that. Which is weird because sometimes we hear that Palpatine was in the plan all along. So yeah, yeah, there's some fun little differences in narratives, but yeah. none of it uh, negative. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. We just got a, a tweet from uh, one of our listeners who, mm-hmm. uh, who 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 stays on top of uh, the uh, hashtag #IgerCon uh, for us <laughs> uh, and, and lets us know stuff that Iger says. And yeah, I'm not. It's uh, the uh, 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 Nick Field. Nick uh, Field. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, yeah. just. Pulling up the tweet, uh, this is this looks like it is. I'm not sure where this is uh, from because it says screen capture. It looked like maybe um, I'm not sure where. So I won't. <laughs> I won't guess. I don't know. A fan of screen cap this which gave it a little bit more context. It looks like an, another yet another interview with J.J. Abrams, where he's clarifying that he and Lawrence Kasdan in their talks about Force Awakens talked about many possibilities mm. and. Obviously, Palpatine was a part of these possibilities, right? Because right. they're telling a story about. Well, what happens in the next generation that has to deal with the legacy of what was left behind? What if Palpatine was one of those things left behind? Right. Okay, we're not doing that now, but I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Right. So that that makes sense to me. If if Abrams and Kasdan and Kathleen Kennedy all kicked it around. Kicked the can, yeah. As Kathleen Kennedy had said in an interview, like, yeah, we've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah. Decide not to go that way, at least initially for Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, Colin uh, comes in and writes a script. Yeah. Not knowing that that had always been part of the plan. And then J.J. J. Abrams comes back and goes, you know, this is exactly the right thing to do. What we've been talking about five years ago m- makes sense now and is the the best way to move this mm-hmm. forward. It's, it, it's a really it's very interesting to me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great kind of addition or clarification of that conversation because I was wondering that, too. But uh, uh, as far as the ideas in that's that's um, I, I don't know nothing about. Colin, Colin, Derek's story or script, but uh, we heard that story that um, uh, Bobby Moynihan actually told us on Collider Jetta Council a couple years ago and how, how he witnessed Colin explaining the end of the movie to Daisy Ridley and she was crying and everything. So I'm just wondering, you know, like what part of his ending might have made if JJ goes, oh, this is good. You know, uh, it's very interesting, but it was enough to, for the WGA to go. Yeah, there's some story here. So, yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah. And, and writing is always an adventure of what and how you can write the greatest outline in the world and you can blow people's minds. You can whisper it in actors ears. Yeah. But then we're like, well, but how do we get from that plot beat to that plot beat is yeah. sometimes where the true magic is. So yeah. some of the what, some of the how uh, might be the, by this uh, writing team of uh, uh, Trevorrow. Yeah. Uh, I always I always want to say Trevorrow. But. <laughs> Trevorrow, Trevorrow, Colin T. Colin T. By good old yeah. Colin T and Derek C. Uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see, I'm sure. We will uh, find out after the movie comes out. Absolutely. Uh, we got the uh, final uh, interview uh, uh, summary here. Kathleen Kennedy uh, had, a, had a great interview in the Rolling Stone, but we're more specifically talking about the Hollywood Reporter article that came out kind of tied to that and after that. And, and um, 
This was written mostly. Aaron Couch contributed, but <laughs> the article writer is Kim Masters. Um, I don't know her personally or anything, but like I, from a lot of people I know in the business, they like she has a really good reputation and track record. Um, not so much like an emotional writer in terms of Star Wars news, just gets all the facts. So I, I, I think that's an important context because sometimes these uh, news stories, you, you need to know the agenda or the point of view that people yeah. are writing from. Um some nuggets there. Then we can talk some of the big things here. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the nuggets was uh, the 2022 movie has a director has some some kind of mm-hmm. something attached to it. But Kathleen Kennedy says, "Eh, we're not going to announce that yet." So does that mean Ryan or Feige? Not necessarily. Um, she talked about how uh, Feige's movie is a quote a ways off. There was an interesting section of you know, hey, Kevin's been a fan of Star Wars, been pretty vocal about that. Mm-hmm. Realized that his workload is a little different now, not necessarily more or less, but just like he knows he can. Marvel is going good. He can step away from some time. He learned that with Spider Man and Sony. Uh, and so hey, now might be the time to make a Star Wars picture. Yeah. Uh, there was a little thing where she was like, I think he did come to her or Lucasfilm, but also went to the studio. So I think that might have been a Uncle Bob call of calling over. Yeah. Can you get Kathy on the phone? I think I want to do a Star Wars <laughs> picture. Uh, nothing more specific about the Ryan thing other than doesn't look like 2022 would be his film. Uh, and then the final thing, this is THR, Hollywood Reporter sources. Sources say that John Favreau, Michelle Rejwan, and Dave Filoni will have, quote, more to say in Star Wars going forward. A lot of talk of Kathleen's contract, which ends in 2021. Um, whether she goes on or not, she's not saying, you know, who who knows. Uh, I know there's all those rumors she'll leave after Rise of Skywalker. It's all possible. But then this is, this isn't just speculation. According to this article, it is sources say that going forward, in what capacity, I don't think I know. I don't think they know. But that Michelle Rejwan, we know, is in charge of TV now. Uh, she's been producing. She produced seven. She produced nine with JJ and Favreau and Filoni. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of people might be excited about that. Anyways, that's the Kathleen Kennedy mayhem news dump, Joseph. Let's dive in. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to say is if you're interested in all this, <laughs> yeah. take the time to read the actual Rolling Stone right, review. Right, this this right. has a, a lot of great jumping off, like, let's. That's mm-hmm. speculate about industry stuff in the future of Star Wars. But Kathleen Kennedy, especially if you're somebody who is on the fence, mm-hmm. she gets asked the tough questions and she answers them honestly. Right. Including, you know, what does George feel? What are you going to do? You know, how long are you going to stay? How about this criticism? How about that? And and she answers them uh, honestly. And I, I think in ways that I really, um, yeah. frankly, understand where she is coming from we're asking these questions in particular in that rolling stone argument argument (laughs) Uh, uh, focus determines your reality (laughs) um in that interview which was done in mid-october okay they ask her about 2022 where are you going after the skywalker saga closes and as she said many times she says we're having those discussions but in specific she says do we go back? Do we go forward? Right. Stay in this galaxy? Go to another? And those are all the things that, that we've been talking about. Those are these really big choices. It's not it's not yeah. Disney Plus. It's not yeah. do we do Obi-Wan Kenobi or mm-hmm. Cassian Andor first, which I know they've decided, but yeah. it's uh it's what is what is Star Wars gonna look like next? And they are not uh treating that lightly. Yeah. As they shouldn't, yeah. Yeah. Uh but from the the Hollywood Re- Reporter report, mm-hmm. um, I really want this reporting that the 2022 movie has a director, mm-hmm. which I would assume would also mean a little bit of a decision on yeah. the whole. Do we go back? Do we go forward? Do we go to another galaxy? Right. 
and a director attached, and it'll all be announced relatively soon in 2020. Yeah. I really want that to be true. I want that reported yeah. to be true that it is that they have made those decisions mm-hmm. and they're moving forward toward that movie in 2022. Yeah, I'd like it to just kind of know, just going to get uh, get as a fan, just feel that uh, this is the answer, like it or not, that's the direction. And then also it's just one of those things of like, I love, you know, there's probably an animated show being worked on right now that we won't hear for two, three years. That's you know? right. And I get excited. Yeah. or just like, hey, man, more is coming and they're working on it. And, and there's production design. There's art. There's concept art floating around. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just wild speculation. Yeah. I got some. Do you, do you want to hear? Uh, no, I do not have anything. Okay. Okay. Are you ch- choosing a director here? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. I think I, the the Ryan Johnson stuff is interesting to me. And yeah. I wonder if that there isn't a discussion there to say, hey, do you want to do what you're thinking about on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you want to wait a while? Because you've got your own yeah, got stuff totally on. non-Star Wars career. Knives yeah. Out has been getting great reviews and is about to, I think, blow blow the box office away. Yep. We'll see. Yep. Who knows? Um, but he's got his own things, right? Yep. Um, so if this reporting is true in 2022 is not Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. I, I still think Old Republic makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It is both uh, new because, again, for not for people who've collected every comic book since, you know, the early 90s, but for general public, it's Star Wars, but thousands of years before you know it. And there's thousands of Jedi and thousands of Sith. That's new and fresh to advertise, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of roots. Director, I'm going with uh, Favreau. Interesting. Yeah. Be- okay. Because I don't know if... I, mm. uh, here's what I'm thinking of. is When they have been in these mm. decisions and all okay. of these well-publicized, well-discussed, yeah. up and downs with directors, yeah. when there's a bump, they, and by they I mean a combination of Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. go with who they know, who they trust, right? Absolutely. In that brief window before uh, Abrams came back to, mm-hmm. to episode nine, we, we did a whole big discussion of who's the list of yeah. old school directors that they trust, mm-hmm. who are they know can bring something personal and real, yeah. but are in the Star Wars bubble. And, and mm-hmm. for launching the new era of Star Wars, yeah. somebody who is such a Disney team player yeah. that Favreau is if they want somebody who's like, Hey, it's, it's not Ryan Johnson because the, yeah. there's, you know, a lot of debate about the last Jedi, mm. the uh, our game of Thrones friends are gone. Who, who is somebody that majority of fandom will go cool. Yeah. Excited to see how that person helms the brand new version of star Wars. Mm-hmm. Johnny Favs, huh? Johnny Favs like is in line with choosing Ron Howard. He's in line with yeah, going yeah, back absolutely. to Abrams for episode nine, right? Totally is. Uh, they're shooting Mando, Mando 2 now, so that would be, you know, most of it would be wrapped. And then you can, you know, he's, I know he directed some of it, but he doesn't need to be in the office every day for that. Yeah. And he hell, he started developing that, you know, on set for Jungle Book and Lion King. So, that that's that's very possible. And makes a lot of sense. Could someone not necessarily slide into what Dan and David were doing, but just like 
hey, we have this stuff. We have concept art might be going. Like, like do you want to kind of? Yeah, we were talking about er, early yeah. early origins of the Jedi, early times of Jedi, yeah. old Republic. You do you want to tell that story of kind of mm-hmm. go back to the ancient times of the Jedi? Yeah. Whether that's that the oh the, the first movie is them discovering how to make a lightsaber, or it's yeah. just. The ancient times of the Jedi before they had the exact code we know today, all that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, it's, he, he seems like a logical choice to me. I still think you're right. Story wise, it just just makes a lot of sense for this isn't um, a TV show that's going to go to the unknown regions. This isn't a, a book about Thrawn and the Chiss. This is this is the movies. And I think if you get too far out of the galaxy or story, we know you could face some kind of, it's an interesting challenge. This is the why that, why you just said they're taking, taking their time and making sure there's a lot of importance put on it, but old, not necessarily old Republic, old Republic era formation of the Jedi with a name you trust. And in this point of this time, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I don't, cause I don't have a choice. I think Guillermo del Toro uh, was, was, was rumored for a long time. Uh, maybe even attached to that, uh, um, project that was canceled, the Moss Eisley related project. So maybe he's ready to go. Maybe you bring some a bigger, but I, here's the thing. I, I do think it would be a, at this point, be a bigger, sure bet of a name. Yeah. Uh, just based off, off of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever Ryan's developing is in the spirit of, Let's uh, open that Black Series action figure and bend it into shapes you did not know it could go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think he, I think Ryan Johnson is more likely to go like, so there are galaxies outside of right. this known one, right? This is in another galaxy another. far, far away and really go, hey, here are the roots of Star Wars I like, but I'm really mm. going to create something brand new. That'd be interesting. Uh, and, and it makes more sense. Yeah. I could see Disney mm. going, we love that. We're a little scared of that. Yeah. We want to play it a little safer and go Old Republic with yeah. with a director that we really, really, really know, like Favreau. Like Favreau or someone in the family. Uh, the idea of them, uh, him, Filoni, Rejuan, having more to say. I, I've, I've always said uh, the idea of, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's running Lucasfilm, which also includes Indiana Jones and a lot of other things. And if you have someone directly over the Star Wars uh Property in terms of creativity and everything, uh, I'm not opposed to that at all. Never have been. It just makes sense. Um, but Kathleen's very hands-on. She has mm-hmm. been very hands-on. So uh, maybe that was part of it. She's probably very protective. Let's not forget Lucas put her in right before. And if you read Iger's book, Iger was kind of like, well, that kind of surprised me. They just put uh, Kathleen Kennedy in there. Okay. At the, <laughs> um which they could have done, though. You know, I've been part of corporate transitions where they you you have to resign from one company and you fill out an application with the other, and then suddenly they go, "Oh, we're not taking you." Yeah, uh, that 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 could could have happened, but they trusted Kathleen. So, um, I'm I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, I'm intrigued by everything in that thing. There's a lot there. I could, as always, be absolutely <sighs> full of hooey. Who is my uh, responsible oh, speculation? No, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. We we don't know. That's the fun thing. We don't know. Final one. I look. I, I, I'll pull back. I wanted to put this one here. This is interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. this is interesting. Okay. Um, there's a lot of websites out there. A lot of them uh, claiming death sources are inside tracks, and you know what? Some of them do, and some of them come out of left field with scoops uh, that tr- turn out to be true. 
More often than not, they're not. More often than not, you and I will be a friend of, we'll be like, hey, are they making a Darth Maul fights Kira fights the zombie apocalypse? (laughs) No. I hope so. Yeah. No. Haven't heard that. Look at that website. Look at that YouTube channel. It's imaginative. Uh, They are very creative in their stories. Not true. Yes. Uh, Once popped up, uh, there is a a, a story here from, uh, uh, I do want to click on it here. Let me get it up here. Uh, From a website called StarWarsUnity.net. I've never heard of it. I don't know. Um, uh, there is a writer, though, uh, who, who, who claims that he has the inside track on Dr. Afra. Uh, Disney Plus series. Jeremy Conrad is his name. So if he gets it all right, he gets it all right. Um, and uh, the reason I the, so there's a couple reasons. The reason I, 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 I just love the Afra character. Um, so. He, this guy's been around once, once worked for IGN, which is very legit. So he's been around. All right. Uh, that, that is uh, always good to note. Um, but here's the thing. I'll, uh, uh, this is very interesting. We don't go this direction with Force Center a lot. Um, I'm saying this is true. I'm saying this is most likely true that something's happening with Afra. And here's why. You want to know why? You got your 1940s, uh, press guy hat on. You yeah. got, you got a scoop. Here's why. And it turns out I was doing some research. You probably know the scoop too. <laughs> really? You're friends with this guy. I'm friends with or this. At least on Facebook. The scoop provider? On Facebook. All right. There is a guy, I won't give his name out. Um, oh, cause I actually, actually don't want to give him in trouble. Yeah. I don't know why he was doing this. Okay. Um, <laughs> He worked on a magazine years ago when, remember, remember those things? And I was yeah. supposed to maybe get a freelance writing gig for this magazine. It was like a geek magazine. My friend connected us. So that's okay. the only reason I knew the guy. I've never met him, never spoke to him, never said one word to him other than emails 10 years ago. Okay. But, uh, you know, you just still have him on Facebook. Yeah. So he works for Marvel TV. And he's been working on the Perlmutter, the Perlmutter stuff, you know, the, okay. the, the Netflix yeah, stuff yeah. and everything. And he working out in New York. Not a, not a huge Star Wars fan. Doesn't like post Star Wars pictures. All of a sudden, like a week ago, he posts, "Hey guys, working on a super secret Star Wars show for Disney Plus. Oh, I can't wait to tell you about it." Hashtags, hashtags, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. And I'm like, so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've heard we've all heard rumors. I, I've heard I've heard a, a Cara Dune spinoff rumor. I've right. heard this. I've heard that. All right, I've heard rumors. Two days ago, he posts a cart uh, a cover of one of the Doctor Afra comic books. Just Ooh. posts it. And says hashtag Disney Plus. Da, 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 da. Wow! So I wrote someone else I know, and I said, "Hey, have you heard anything?" And he goes, "That's funny. I have not." But someone else names a name in the Star Wars news business. Yeah. wrote me this morning asking for <laughs> information, and he says he's got sources saying that it's happening. So all this together, and then this story, I looked at, it and I'm like, "Oh." I think we're getting a Doctor Afra series. I don't know what. I don't know. Um, we could be completely wrong. It could be a Doctor Afra novel. But <laughs> when a friend who is a producer type just blatantly says, and I, I want to yeah. write and be like, I don't really know you. You probably shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe lock this down to close yeah. friends. And then at I, least. So then I was looking at his Facebook page, and it was, and it said mutual friends, um, Matthew Ryan Key. Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to spend and some others. quality time and on some Facebook. Other people in the Star Wars podcasting world. Oh. So I'm like, oh, they might be thinking that too. Interesting, interesting. Because yeah. because uh, I I use my Facebook is in a you you have a public page. I just use my own page as a public page. Right, right, right. So sometimes I friend people like, hey, we got mutual friends, and and you want to be friendly? Cool, sure, you can be right, my right. friend. Other times, it's like, yes, I've known you since I was six years old. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. So it's weird. Uh, I don't know. That's very exciting. I, it makes a lot of sense to me because I think Doctor Afra has a lot to. 
She's got a lot to offer. Lot to she, offer. Uh, she is a, a different kind of character because, you know, Star Wars yeah. can be a lot about character classes like, oh, you're a yeah. smuggler, you're a bounty hunter, uh, you're a scavenger. Like, yeah. You're an archaeologist is a growing one. And yeah, Dr. Yeah, Aphra yeah. is in the, in the lead field, uh, uh, leading the field of that sort of Star Wars class. Her droids are super popular to the point they're getting yeah. voted on to be like oh, figures yeah. that get figures, produced, right? Yeah. Um Mm. So a, a big part of the Star Wars fandom that loves to dig in past the movies and spend a lot of quality time already loves the characters. And I think that's a lot of what Disney Plus can do yeah. and then introduce the character to a much larger audience. That all makes sense to me. Yeah. I do. I am starting to wonder with the various rumblings what is animated and what is live. I would yes. assume Dr. Aphra is live. Yes, but but I, I wouldn't necessarily. I, yeah, I think, and I'm not saying from any point of knowledge. I'm just you're you're very right. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the up to this point in modern Star Wars, uh, you know, we've had the Clone Wars which was before the sale, but that was a real like yeah. let's tell the tale that Lucas didn't get to tell and focus yeah. on all these characters. And Rebels was really like let's build up this part of the Star Wars story in that era and, and close off some Clone Wars things. And yeah. Resistance has now been really tied to the sequel trilogy. Hmm. So I think we're conditioned to think animated series will address time periods in Star Wars th- through yeah. the eyes of a, of a small group of characters. Yeah. But I'm also starting to think, like, well, there's no reason they couldn't be, like, mm-hmm. drilled down to a character. Yeah. Uh, I, or to just, like, a kind of adventure. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to see Dr. Aphra uh, live. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm just starting to think through, like, uh, maybe maybe our thinking on what the animated series will look like has been limited in in Disney Plus. It could be anything. Changed dramatically. No, I I think, I really think you're right. Again, that's why I'm saying something's happening with Aphra. It it could be holiday special, for all we know. (laughs) But uh, of all the characters, uh, people want her in live action. That's been uh, talked about a lot. But. Of all the characters, if you were just to do an animated series about, other than I want kind of middle-aged Luke and Lor Santeca or Ben Solo, whatever, you could give me that as an yeah. animated series, I'd be happy. Um, after, if you read the comic, it's wild, crazy, and there's some really animated type of, you know, panel art and everything where yeah. it's like, this would be a crazy show uh, that not so wouldn't be hard to do live action. Um, I think my first choice is live action, but it's... We just don't know at this point. Yeah. But anyways, we're going to close on this. Again, four-centered. We don't word out the scoop, and this is happening type of channel, but I just think it was too weird for me not to talk about that's it That's so great. On four-center. So that is, uh, that is a look. Uh, that's the show. No, that is the <laughs> look at the news here. We got the main topic coming up here in a bit. Revenge, Return, and the Rise. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back here to Force Center as we are about to dive into our main topic, which is about revenge, return, and the rise as we look at the chapter threes of the previous trilogies and maybe what that might mean for this one. But before we do, Joseph, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and this week I wanted to recommend Spark of Resistance by Justina Ireland for a couple of reasons. It's a fun uh, middle reader romp, but you do get to spend some quality time with uh, Ray and Poe and 
Round Rose, and you get a little bit, and a Porg, uh, and you get a little sense of some of the dynamics of the characters, but also, for those of us who love the books, Justina Ireland is part of the Project Luminous team, so you can get a little bit of an insight on what her kind of contributions might be to that world, so we are recommending Spark. Of resistance. I like that. And download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. And now on, Joseph, to our main topic. That's right. It's time to revenge, return, and rise. So we did an episode like this uh, for the second act in the trilogy. We right. talked a little bit about Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, how they were similar, what generally happens in the second act, and what it might mean for The Last Jedi. Just looking back at some of our notes and uh, we talked about a lot of stuff that ended up uh, coming to pass in The Last Jedi. Ooh. So let's see if we can uh, be <laughs> more or less accurate. We'll see. Accurate, There's a lot yeah. more going on. Uh, so Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. third act of the sequel trilogy, but it is also the final act of the whole Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. What happens in a third act is obviously uh, plot threads are resolved. No mystery boxes, mystery answers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Antagonists are often thwarted by their inability to overcome their own failings. Protagonists win, but they usually use what they have learned to win, which I think might be important in this particular movie. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we go to a thing that I've always kind of had a little hang up uh, about, which is teleology. Mm. It is a word that's used in many different contexts. It's about where meaning is found. Mm. But in particular, in narrative, it can respond to a bias that we can sometimes have, a perspective that in a narrative, all meaning is contained in the end. Everything right. is is about what happens at the end, not not how did we get here, but what happens at the end. And I think that will be very interesting when this movie is obviously the conclusion of the the sequel trilogy, right. but also the Skywalker saga is how much is it going to try to make a statement of and here's what the balance of the force always has been. Yeah. And here's the here here's Ray and, and Ben Solo finally making the right choice. Or if Palpatine is to be defeated, this is the way it has to happen. Right. And how much it's going to be about like really putting emphasis on this is the end, and therefore these are meaningful answers right. to questions of what does this all mean. Mm. So uh, with that in mind, I want to just talk a little bit about Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, uh, and we will break this down to things that happened in those movies Mm -hmm. uh, that may or may not then reflect in Rise of Skywalker. So, Ken, Mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. Seen them. They're both both fine films. We recommend them here on (laughs) 4 Center. Yeah. Uh, Do you find them to be as similar, to be as rhyming as A New Hope and The Phantom Menace and... Uh, Empire Strikes Back and Attack of the Clones? Uh, on the surface, no. On the surface, no. But Revenge of the Sith, definitely. It, it the, the difference is it's not a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty big difference. But it does all the same things for that trilogy. So, yeah, I guess you're just like, you know, you're wanting the Ewoks to dance, uh, but you're not getting that in Sith. But there's an ending. Yeah, you get there is an staring ending. at a Death Star. Yep, that's their Ewok celebration. Nobody dancing on the bridge of that Star Destroyer. And, yeah, and that is the that is the story of uh, part of the story of of the prequels is the rise of the of the Empire and the Republic becoming the Empire. So, um, and to me, it does it does do the same things in the yeah, but just yeah. not as happy. I feel like structurally, you can make. Uh, 
in kind of some big beats, there are more direct comparisons between A New Hope, Phantom Menace. Uh, there you do have a metal ceremony and uh, the big blue ball ceremony. Right. Um, yeah. In Attack the Clones, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, you got a lot of things. You, you got, uh, you know, some Yoda reveals. You got an asteroid. You got the characters right. splitting up. You got a romance, you know. That's uh, right. You got a, a Skywalker losing a limb. You got a lot of really, really, really specific things. Revenge of uh, of the Sith in Return of the Jedi. I feel like I feel more like since it came in our real world mm. chronologically second that Revenge of the Sith is really a cracked mirror yeah. of Return of the Jedi, where the, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily line up uh, kind of structurally yeah, yeah. as much, but so much of what's at stake in the choices in the themes are like they're the victorious version of this in Return of the Jedi. Yes. In Revenge of the Sith, they're the sort of dark, horrible version of this. Yeah, almost not like it's an alternate reality or universe, but just like you said, yeah, yeah, it's it's what was once was, and let's not let it happen again, and now it's happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that crack mirror analogy. Yeah, and I also feel like Revenge of the Sith is a little different because Lucas realized, I'm running out of real estate. Yeah, yeah. So... I just have to do what the story demands. And I think yeah. that's going to be similar with the rise of the Skywalker rise, rise the of, rise of yeah. Skywalker yeah. of we've been talking a lot today yeah. <laughs> of, uh, you know, it, even if I wanted to do some fun rhyming thing, mm-hmm. I don't have room cause I need to finish this story. There might be some, yes. something to that. Um, <laughs> so it's almost a brace for impact thing. Fans. Oh yeah. yeah brace. Yeah. Bra- yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so the titles, Mm-hmm. Obviously, have a, a little bit uh, in common. Yeah. Uh, you got Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. How does that affect your thinking about Skywalker in the title? Because honestly, mm-hmm. for me, yeah. the fact I expected Skywalker to be in the title for a couple of different reasons, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I was happy that happened. Yeah. I didn't expect the commitment to poetry of using an R title as right, well. Right, yeah. And I think we were joking about that on we, the prediction. We did. Cast. We yeah, did. Because, yeah, yeah I, I predicted Skywalker, but I honestly yeah. didn't think that they would be that committed to the rhyme. The, the R's. But that they are. We got a we got an R of something. Yeah. Jedi and Sith. What, what, how does that affect your thinking of Skywalker being in the title? Well, it, it, it's, it's nine movies that are about a lot of things, but at the core of it is the battle of, of uh, good versus evil, but Jedi versus Sith becomes a, a key part of it. In the prequels, not so much, but Vader. You know, Vader counts, even though you don't hear that word in the, in the original trilogy. So anyways, the, the importance of, of Skywalker now is just like this, not only is it the Skywalker saga, that made more sense when they really started marketing that. Because I never, I would never say that I would have thought of it as the Skywalker saga. The story of Anakin uh, 1 through 6 makes sense, but this new one is just to me the galaxy, right? So Rogue One and, and Solo are just as much as Skywalker saga to me yeah, because they fit into the big picture. But I get it. And that's that's when it, when it, when it rises Skywalker after we know that Luke is gone. Yeah. Or changed forever. Uh, we don't know what Rey is. And, 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 and so it just Sith Jedi, excuse me, Jedi Sith. Two very important words in Star Wars, and this is the most important word in Star Wars. And now it might be a word, not just a name. These, this is where my mind is going. Yeah, those are right. Just that's where my mind's going. Yeah, I, I think it is a great. It makes sense to me uh, from a marketing perspective. Of all of the sequel trilogies, have used a word that is the general public knows the Force. They yeah. know Jedi. 
they know Skywalker. So just right. from that perspective, uh, that, that makes sense. But I, I don't like to leave things at uh, just marketing. Yeah. So there is all that, uh, this weight of well, Sith and Jedi are these two opposing forces. Is Skywalker a nod toward there's another way? Yeah. And is that a nod towards this name is going to become a word, as you said? A lot of people mm-hmm. think that that's going to be a name for a kind of a new a new version of being a Force yeah. user or a Jedi. It could be that literal, but I kind of think about it giving the movie giving meaning to the name Skywalker mm-hmm. because yeah, it's been. It, it been I, Anakin Skywalker's story. It's been Luke Skywalker's story. It's been yeah. not not named as a Skywalker, but Leia Organa's story, who right. is uh, a Skywalker. It's been Kylo Ren, Ben Solo Skywalker's story. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what Rey's association is, even if she is a Skywalker by some kind of adoption. Yeah. Uh, so it is about the characters. But since all the sequel trilogy has really been about uh, legacy mm-hmm. yeah. and growing up in the shadow of things, it would make sense to me that this is about all right, we've been through this cycle of wars that the Skywalkers have been at the center of. Mm-hmm. When the history books are written and there are no more Skywalkers, what do we want this word to mean in the galaxy? Yeah. To the point where, like, it's not, to me, out of possibility that we cut to mm-hmm. years later. We, you know, cut, oh, yeah, cut, yeah. cut back to, to, to the kids to, on Candlebite. Probably yeah. not. But that idea <laughs> of it's not just who which which Skywalker is in the title, yeah. but more the idea of what will Skywalker mean to the galaxy, and therefore, what will this whole story have meant? Because it is the story of Skywalkers being caught up in wars yeah. and making fateful choices. Mm. At the end of it all, will Skywalker be the uh, the legend of a hero, or it will be the legend of a warrior who yeah. who never makes quite makes things better? That's I I love. I love the it's it's almost like this it's, it's it's a both literal and figurative translation of the title but just the you know I'm thinking of Frodo and Sam at the end of Two Towers talking about they'll sing songs of us you know yeah. is, is this the song that will be sung and this is the rise of Skywalker as a, as a, as a legend within the story already by legend we we know that but just like for generation generation and then this is uh this is the song that's going to be sung that's int- I never really thought of it in those direct terms I like that yeah yeah I like that there but it will um, be at least as uh, important as Sith and Jedi, I would think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to get some of those general thoughts uh, out of mm. can and, and share some of my own. But now we're going to just start looking at some things that either happened or are clear themes in both uh, Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith and, and uh, speculate on Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some other ones in, in those movies, but these yeah. are the ones that popped out to me. And there were a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so both uh, Jedi and Sith start with a rescue mission. Sith is uh, rescuing Palpatine from Grievous in Dooku. Uh, Jedi is rescuing Han from Jabba. Do you want or think there will be a direct rhyme? Because this is just mm-hmm. a direct plot point. Yeah. It's a rescue mission. Do you think someone will be rescued at the beginning of Rise at of Skywalker? At the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. I, I would say no, unless it's Palpatine, right? No. Um, no, but then again, then again, I don't see. This is when you start looking at, like, what have I seen in the trailers? And da, 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 what does J.J. say is early in the movie now? Um, 
the idea that the the resistance itself would need some kind of rescue again because they're you know even though we're starting to see them be reborn we just read the great resistance reborn novel i still think they're in a in a dangerous spot oh, so yeah. maybe the rescue's them maybe it's our heroes oh. and leia's part of that rescue or something like that Interesting. i could see it more than i would have thought a while ago yeah yeah, I, yeah of a literal yeah story beat of we're getting so much talk about Abrams and Terrio studying it all, studying it all, that yeah. how much is that getting into? Clearly, rhyming is important yeah. to Lucas. Um, so I don't know if there will be a literal rescue. Uh, Abrams does seem to have indicated that yeah. uh, the Pisana part happens earlier, early, early in yeah. the movie. So that thinking through it this way made me think this is utterly random. Yeah. But like, what if the beginning of the movie, the first 15 minutes, is uh is them rescuing Lando, and that's how he's brought into the movie. That's interesting. What if we're seeing that in the trailers? Yeah, that's, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, okay. when they, they fly now, they fly yeah. now, they fly now is on the way to bust Lando out of well, first order. This is okay. This is interesting because Resistance Reborn deals with a list of people that we know that the first order is targeted. Right. Right. So uh, because they might be sympathetic to the resistance. Lando should be on that list. Yes, he should. So, and this is also knowing that a lot of these novels are written in modern canon by looking at the scripts and the movies and going, how do we build back to the movie? Without giving anything away. Without giving anything away. Yeah. We've learned after all these years now. That's a real interesting possibility. And that's that kind of thing where they're rhyming, like for, for some people's money, it's like, eh, too much. But for me, like... Uh, you compare this to Return of the Jedi, and it starts on a desert planet where they're yeah. rescuing Lando instead of Lando yeah. showing his true colors by rescuing his old buddy Han. Could be that on a desert mm. planet. Mm. Mm, okay, mm. I gotta be, see. Yeah, gotta be careful because now I'm like, oh, I like that. I don't want to. I want to. <laughs> I don't want to lock my heart into right. that. Don't lock your heart on rescuing mm-hmm. Lando because don't worry, he and his awesome yellow shirt yeah. will show up. Um, another thing is uh, the prominence of the Death Star, of course. Right. Uh, and this is just kind of a, a specific rhyme that in uh, Revenge of the Sith, Lucas goes out of his way. It could have just been a, a shot of Vader and Palpatine staring out, but they stare out at the beginnings of the Death Star, saying yeah. this is really the beginning of this monstrosity. Yeah. Obviously, we saw the plans in Attack of the Clones, I know, but just visualizing it at the end of Revenge of the Sith, which is a, a contrast to Return of the Jedi's ultimate victory, is the sight of that second one. It's gone, blowing up and lighting up the Endor sky. Yeah. So we've got a beginning, we've got a destruction. Do you think there will be another super weapon? Or do you think the fact that Death Star wreckage is really present is enough of a connection? Enough of a connection, especially based on what you're talking about here. It was built, it was destroyed, and we're dealing with that, right? Yeah. That goes to the themes we talk about. Things JJ just really confirmed in that Rolling Stone interview about uh, it's about this generation living in, 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 with the past. Um, um, as far as the super weapon, though, there's that one shot we see some kind of super weapon laser. Yeah, is that just a that's what a yeah. star destroyer barrage yeah. looks like? And we haven't Could seen be. that before. They you know they yeah. rebuilt a, a big fulminatrix type ship. Could be, and, and and there's a couple. Even going back to the first teaser trailer, a lot of stuff. Kylo fighting with his helmet off on a planet that looks very covered in ash or debris, and uh, maybe so. Now I'm trying to do the context clue uh, yeah. game, <laughs> um, but I think there'll be something. 
Yeah. God, I tell you, I don't, I don't want a fourth uh, round object that uh, destroys other things. Yeah. But another, <laughs> you know, a superstar destroyer that has a big laser on it or something. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. You said the Fulminatrix, the Ghost of Kennedy. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm good would, with that. Yeah, yes, that would be great. Uh, yeah, the Death, thinking about the Death Star, I think uh, a lot of our minds have gone to, oh, I wonder if Ray and Kylo are racing to get some Force MacGuffin. Right. Part of me has been thinking about, well, mm. maybe it's more straightforward than that. Maybe mm. Mm. they they have so explicitly me, uh, mentioned Death Star tech. Maybe it's like yeah. the resistance, like, well, you know, there's still, we found the wreckage. We know the, where the wreckage is, and actually... We could use those kyber crystals if they're still in there. Yeah. Maybe the resistance is, resistance is being sent mm. to just retrieve something. Yeah, yeah. But I think it will certainly have that weight that clearly we're, we're going all the way into the throne room. Yeah, we yeah. probably don't won't need a new floating one because we're we're fighting yeah, on yeah. and through on the it, wreckage yeah. of it. Uh, all right, so Vader's defining moments. Sith is yeah. the birth. Of Vader mm-hmm. literally gets his name, and Jedi is the death where Vader is uh, vanquished by the good man who was and now is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So lots of uh, of speculation about Hayden Christensen. Whether yeah. Hayden Christensen is physically in the movie, we've now seen the right. shrine. It's not just yes. the helmet; it's a whole shrine. It's got its own room, apparently. Yeah. What we've seen the birth, we've seen the death. Will Skywalker, will the rise of Skywalker be the redemption of Vader? Or what else will it have to say about Vader? I, I, it's going to have something to say. And the fact that we've seen the, the shrine now is interesting. We've, I think we've been talking for a while about what if, what if someone is like, hey, Kylo, have you, do you know the truth? Like, and, and getting that story told in some mm. way. I still don't. I'm not putting any money down on Hayden showing up in this one. Um, saving that money for uh, Kenobi bets, but um, <laughs> I like this idea that if you're tying all together, the birth of Vader, death of Vader, redemption of Anakin is part of the rise of this name, that does make some sense to me. It starts to go too specific and a wild prediction for me, but it, my mind goes there a lot. Yeah. There needs to be something this guy, our main villain, the new supreme leader, worships this guy or part of this guy or part of his past uh, as his grandfather. And if he was to know the truth, what would he do with the truth? Yeah. Or maybe he had the truth and he chose to not believe it or so. I don't know. Yeah. I would imagine Luke would have told him at some point. Oh, yeah. I think so, it, it seems as though Ray knows that legend yeah. uh, because she says, you know, because Luke in Last Jedi says it was a Jedi yeah. who uh, trained, trained and created Darth Vader and, and Ray responds uh, in a Jedi who saved him. Save him. Yeah. So it seems like that is some that legend now, is somewhat known that allegedly it would be interesting because bloodline shows that it's so much not, but maybe we got six, seven years in that time period. Maybe it'd be, yeah. Maybe or maybe that's the, maybe that information yeah, has been downloaded to Ray by, yeah. by Leia or, or she took a guess. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but in terms of what the rise of Skywalker has to say about Vader, mm. I, I do think it is going to be about vanquishing his shadow. Yeah. Getting out of his shadow. Out of it, yeah. In the way, and in, in that obviously uh, ties into seeing Ray and Kylo swing at the shrine yeah. for some reason that we don't know That's yet. Right. But thematically dealing with the idea of Anakin defeated Vader on, in that throne room. In that, that throne room. That, they're that, they're on. On, that they keep 
they keep being in. Yeah. yeah, that that he vanquished him. He he won the fight against yeah. Vader mm-hmm. by making that choice. Does, doesn't mean that everything that Vader ever did is forgotten. Clearly, right. Bloodline deals with that. Yeah, uh, but the sh- shadow is still affecting yeah. people. Uh, that that Kylo is still affected by. That the galaxy is still probably affected by right. this this horrifying enforcer. So if this movie could be about like no, the the whole galaxy does need to know that. Anakin was yeah. was the one who who won this battle, but more specifically of Kylo definitively walking out of the shadow of Vader. Maybe. So like, let's leave that part of the past in the past. Yeah, might be a, an interesting yeah. statement on the legacy of Vader, the birth, the death, the shadow. Yeah, and getting out of the shadow. Uh, so uh, in terms of big big things that happen mm-hmm. in the third act of these trilogies. So the Skywalkers face their darkness and make a fateful choice, usually, of what to physically do with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In Revenge of the Sith, Anakin makes many uh, lightsaber choices. But for me, I always gravitate towards that that choice to strike uh, at Mace. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, because that's, that's kind of the point of no return, of the making a really big choice. That's, yeah. And then in uh, Return of the Jedi, it is, of course, Luke throwing down his weapon. So I think they have a, a really specific mm. rhyme yeah, uh, where Anakin could have made the choice to throw his weapon aside and let Mace take Palpatine. Take Pal- yeah. um, so obviously, uh, Rey and Kylo, I think, are both going to make big choices. But in terms of looking at it from this real rhyming perspective, mm-hmm. do you see them literally... The story being built up so it is a literal choice of you can act mm-hmm. or not act with your blade in some way. I I, it, I think it will be a choice, and I keep going to Ray, and that doesn't necessarily mean she's Skywalker in my mind, but that the film, the series overall, uh, I don't, I, I the, the shot of her at the end of that of that trailer holding the blade, um, uh, you know, could the choice be to, to use it to defend and, and, and whereas Luke threw it down to save now you must, I don't know, defend. I, I, I don't know, but, but cause I, I, if, if you want to tie it just to Kylo, yeah, his crazy blade is, uh, that he's been carrying around for years. It isn't, uh, properly built. Is there something with that? Does he fix it? Um, Does he destroy it? Like a a, a vision in my mind of him just reaching out and it it flies apart. Yeah, that's a that's a new way to approach a fateful choice with a lightsaber and leaving that hero blade, uh, not the same one that Luke threw down. We know, but um, uh, leaving that as the last one standing in a way. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, but I I go to Ray a lot on that one. Yeah, my mind really goes to Ray is trying to take up the mantle right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and is according to what we've seen is at one point gonna have a flippy a flippy red lightsaber even if yes. that's just a vision right. we don't know we don't know but in terms of that one fateful moment my mind really goes to using it for defense mm-hmm. because that is yeah. so the way of the jedi mm-hmm. and in my mind then goes to is is this going to be about forgiveness yeah is this going to be about uh, maybe they've already defeated Palpatine and somebody wants to put Kylo down Yeah, and the blade comes out to block the shot. Mm. Uh, mm, yeah, I've gone a lot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've gone a lot that way that one of them will have to make a choice to defend the other. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah. I think if it's it, all these questions are they're, they're fun to talk about in isolation, but they also obviously yeah. manage to with the story being built up. Yeah. It mm-hmm. could be that there is a moment where one maybe they both throw their lightsabers down yeah, at yeah. the same time, and it's so powerful because it evokes they've both learned the lesson mm. that Luke did. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that would be extremely that, powerful. There'd be uh, some real direct poetry there, obviously. Yeah. Oh, that poetry. <laughs> Speaking of poetry, let's mm. talk about that great poet known as Darth Sidious. He's so good. He is good. Uh, so in both of the previous uh, third act films, Darth Sidious uses the love and concern of a Skywalker to attempt to break them. Uh, with Anakin, it's Padme. Works quite well. Quite well, indeed. Uh, Luke, uh, with Luke in Return of the Jedi, it's he sets up a fun, just uh, front row seat to the destruction of the Rebellion and all of his friends. Yeah. And then, of course, Vader acting on uh, uh, Palpatine's wishes zeroes in on threatening Leia specifically. And I, and I think, yeah. to me, that's some of the most powerful poetry uh, or rhyming in Star mm-hmm. Wars, the, the threat to Padme, the threat to Leia, and how do the Skywalkers handle it? So do you think Palpatine will have learned, hey, that doesn't always work? Right. Or do you think he will try the same manipulations on Rey and Kylo to threaten what they love in order to get them to bend to his will. Uh, it, very possible. And then the, the, my, the, some of the lesson there might be the evil doesn't learn and still, you know, Maul keeps trying the same thing, right? Uh, but I like to think Palpatine's smarter than Maul, but I, I keep going to what's already been said in the trailer, which is this idea of uh, you're coming together will be your undoing, right? Yeah. I, it's been a while since I listened to it. That the manipulation might be, he knows they have a strength. He knows together they're powerful. And how, and how, what's the one thing I can use against them to save me or to get my, my goals across the, across the finish line? They're together. I'm going to use that. Yeah. That's the one thing you don't want to do. You dark side and light side coming together. How, I, you know, yeah. Palpatine's smarter than me, but, um, <laughs> versus Ray, you don't want to lose your friend. We know she doesn't want to lose her friends. Again, yeah. that's powerful. Kylo, hey, you know, you're not as good as Darth Vader. I think we've seen that enough. I think he's gone past that. I think he's still struggling with his lack of identity. Yeah. He's choosing to be a monster, and he wants everyone to see him that way, but it's not always working. So it could be tossing a little bit of your, your, you're actually pretty good, don't you want to be bad type of thing? Yeah. Could be. A thing that hadn't occurred to me until you were really pointing out that line of you're Mm -hmm. coming together will be your undoing, I wonder if he can play not on their fear of losing one another or of losing someone they love or even losing one another, but their fear of not stepping into their own power. Yes. Because they're, they both are struggling to become who they want to be. Yeah. And I wonder if that would be an interesting twist to have Palpatine basically say, you're right to hate each other. Yeah. Like you have this connection and you dabble with feeling empathy and kindness and pity for one another, but that's, Foolish, Ray. He's a monster. Yeah, Kylo. She is an untrained girl. Yeah, with a light and and try to stoke the the reasons that they have to hate each other. That would be a, yeah. a really classic Star Wars themes of don't give in to the weak surface level fear. Yeah, of you should be afraid of this person. Yeah, instead go for the higher road of well. Try to understand where they're coming from. Try to see what could be the best in them. Yeah. Do the super frightening thing of tr- 
trusting them and giving them another another chance, be really interested in Palpatine to say, don't listen to any of those things. You're yeah. better than the other. Kill each other. Kill each other. Only one spot. Here's a here's a, a <laughs> tip. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, no, I like that. That's that's some meaty stuff there. Yeah, we'll that's, see if any of it comes to pass. Because yeah. again, it's all about how it yeah how it's yeah. built up, right? Yeah. Uh, what lessons do you think Ray and Kylo could draw from to defeat Palpatine? Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Listen to the PSA, kids. Yeah, and maybe. For Ray, there's some forgiveness of, of someone who's done something horribly wrong to you. For Kylo, maybe it's some forgiveness of yourself uh, and, and overcoming and putting that aside for one common goal would be interesting based on what you're just talking about. And again, this idea of t- there's something about coming together that Palpatine don't like. Yeah. Um, and then from them, I, you know, you know, their journey, their relationship is going to be dealt with. Um, um so what can they learn from being so closely connected to each other and, and, and seeing each, each other in themselves? Like what, how can you grow from that? Uh, well, they can learn that they are not alone, not right? alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially we got Ray talking directly about that. Right. No one knows me. I do. I do. Yeah. And yeah. is that, is that their strength or is that their weakness? Is that their, yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And how do you use that? You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, so I, I think it, it could be very interesting because there could be uh, a lot of learning because it could be about yeah. their the union that they have, the connection yeah. that they have, and whatever that might be exactly. But it could also be they they're each been on their own path, right? And I wonder for Ray, if I I, I have no idea how it would play out in the movie, yeah. But if you like thematically. This has been about Ray trying to find herself and know herself, know herself, and put her play, and I feel like. Yeah. Feel good about it. I, this is not that uh, amazing of a prediction. Yeah. But I think Ray truly feeling like I know who I am hmm. and I'm the one who needs to know who I am is whatever process that she goes yeah. through to discover that and feel utterly confident in that is what is going to give her the strength to stand up to, to Palpatine. Yeah. In whatever way, if that's physical or emotional. Oh, I like that um, and this is one of those, I will let it go if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I would love if the absolute pivotal moment for Kylo is thinking back to his father touching his cheek after he stabbed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, and I think maybe maybe even dovetails a little bit with, with what Ray gets to learn from Luke up to a point is that, hey, everybody makes mistakes, hmm. but you got to come back from them. Yeah. If Kylo can connect to... if if my father could forgive me for that yeah, in the moment that he died, then my family did love me. I, I can trust to be loved. I can trust that I'll be forgiven. Right. That to me would be really powerful mm. and, and to come back to Han in some way. Mm. Um, mm. So Don't in this, hold on to that, but <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Mm. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the novelization, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Um, in this uh, suite of Sidious talk, <coughs> so in both uh, Jedi and Sith, Sidious spring, springs a trap on his enemies specifically. That he does. In Sith, it's uh, Order 66. In Jedi, it's the Death Star being operational. So do you want Sidious, on top of the emotional manipulations mm-hmm. that he's clearly going to do of, of yeah. Ray and Kylo Ben? What do you want is to be, ha ha, galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, got you, I did some close-up magic. I got you to look this way, but technically. I mean, 
Yeah, I, it, it, could, it very well could be. And hopefully we'll have the son of Akbar to scream it out so we all know. Um, <laughs> it was close-up magic. Again, going to the idea of your coming together will be your undoing. We've talked about how that, that most likely means Ray and Kylo, but could also thematically mean the Resistance and all their allies. And yeah. you're together, and now you're here, and I've got a fleet of uh, ghost ships or whatever. I don't know if it's necessarily that directly. Uh, I think it could be if there's a trap to be sprung, I think it will be sprung on Ray um, uh, in my mind uh, that th- only because that dark Ray image, you know, mm-hmm. vision or not or possible future could be playing around with her. But I, I, I Sidious isn't just going to come back. Palpatine doesn't just return to be like, I'm back. <laughs> Again, we I have no idea at this point. It's so funny. It'd be great to listen to this later on when the movie's out. I have no idea how that character is back. I really don't. I haven't yeah. heard anything. I've avoided anything. And not that ton of it's out there. But um, if he's back at any normal capacity, functional, he's not just a ghost. He's not just yeah. a clone. He's not, it's him in some way, shape, or form. Mecha Palpatine, whatever. Yeah. He's not Again, he's not coming back. He's There's something that was in the plan. He has plans. Upon plans after plans, contingency plans, Operation Cinder plans, he's yeah. got them all. Yeah, something's going on. Yeah, and I, I'm still, I'm still on uh, Team Sith haunting, and uh, mm-hmm. that he will fully, his yeah. spirit will be reunited with some flesh matter, and we'll get to see Ian McDermott mm-hmm. uh, maybe walking around his Mecha Palpatine in that chair, yeah. but uh, maybe doing a. F- speaking of uh, rhyming, maybe he will spin. Yeah, through the air. Um, but in terms of like less the manipulations, the I, I wonder if the fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers mm. is the gotcha. Yeah, no, that that's kind of sorry, I was rambling, but I think that's kind of to me where it is. Yeah. I'm back. You did something. Now this is returning. You Thanks. thought the first order was the problem. Yeah. Look at these hundreds of Imperial Star Destroyers. And, yeah. you know, Whatever who knows if there's been on. some misdirection in the marketing and the Sith yeah. Trooper we saw in one of the uh, TV spots. Yep. Sith Trooper fighting on top of an Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah th- I, that's a really fun one because it seems like, oh, well, it's probably the hundreds of Star Destroyers. That seems like a good yeah. trap, but it could still be something else. That fight could be in the middle of the movie and it could yeah. still be something else. Uh, all right. Moving on from Sidious. Uh, let's talk about death. Yeah. Uh, Skywalkers get counseling from Yoda generally on the topic of death. In both of these uh, movies, in Revenge of the Sith, it's Anakin discussing his visions. Mm-hmm. And in Return of the Jedi, it's Luke processing the death of both, uh, of, of basically Yoda himself. Yeah. And feeling alone. You know, mm-hmm. feeling the things that Anakin fears he will feel if Padme dies. Uh, and I think both of those uh, scenes really discuss Yoda expressing that non-violent death is natural Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. it is that is the way of things that is the way of the force uh which also kind of deals with ideas of attachment so i don't think necessarily that ghost yoda is going to pop up to ray and go are you afraid finn's gonna die (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. here's some philosophy about death or Uh, deal with luke or something yeah yeah. but Mm. do you think this specific idea because i mean we're really talking about endings yeah in lessons for how to look at the world and accepting that things change, accepting that people die. Uh, do you think that idea of here is a healthy way to look at death is going to be a part of this movie? 
I do. I do not necessarily think the character of Leia will die, but there might be some sort of emotional ending to that character arc, okay. and that's where I would focus it on. Uh, the idea of Yoda coming back in some way, shape, or form, I actually could see happening. Um, the Force Ghost Party is a lot of people's mind. Luke, I don't know if Ray needs... To, if I'm looking at Ray's... I don't know if she needs to deal or process with Luke's passing. I think that you know, uh, the ends of end of Last Jedi was very peaceful and comforting on that end. Yeah, her and Leia was there for that, but the the Leia being there, um, I think there could be something with that. Again, I don't. I actually do not think the character of Leia will pass on, yeah, or die, or die tragically. But there could be some sort of transformation, some sort of forces calling me home. I don't know. Yeah, Prophet Elijah stuff going on here. I don't know, but I could see it around that. I can see it around or the, that as or well. the potential of that. Yeah. I can see even the suggestion of that because even with the amount of footage that we now know uh, they have, yeah. the five or six scenes from the Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, I how, how do you make Leia present? Yeah, because you know you don't want to just. Uh, you, I guess. Yeah. yeah you um. I think I, I think you're right. I think there could be a story of uh, Leia expressing. I've I've trained you all. You're ready. To, I I am reaching my end. Yeah, and you are are all ready to lead on, and that's the way it should be. It's it's natural. Yeah, don't you know? Don't don't mourn. You know, be be happy that I'm so happy I was able to pass on what I was. Yeah. Who, who knows how much they can express with what they have? But that would be very interesting. I would not be at all surprised to see Yoda himself pop up. Oh uh, yeah, just, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it actually will happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about a certain point of view. This one is close to my heart. Uh, yeah, Obi-Wan will be there, too. Yeah, Force, Obi-Wan. Force Ghost Party. <laughs> Obi-Wan and the power of a certain point of view. So this is one that's really kind of laser-focused on the third act, because in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin literally talks about, from his point of view, the Jedi are evil. Right. Uh, Palpatine has a line as well, right, about... Um, uh, good as a point of view, right? Yes, yes, he does. Uh, and then Return of the Jedi is, of course, the creation of the famous Star Wars Turner phrase point of view. Yeah, coming from Anakin or, or coming from Obi Wan about Anakin. That from Obi Wan's point of view, and the good man who was Anakin is dead. He's he dead. was killed by Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and gives Luke that that life lesson that people are going to cling to their points of view. So, would you want or do you expect a blatant? point of view dialogue moment because there's a difference between mm-hmm. you can pick it out as a theme and in many yeah. parts of star wars these are two the two movies where it is blatantly spoken yeah no I, i'm gonna say no i think it belongs i think the theme's there unless it's palpatine yeah that palpatine I'm, would use the certain <laughs> point of view argument yeah yeah i don't know is, is a manipulation i'm trying to think Leia, like I, I'm now, I'm just literally running down the list who could who could say it and have meaning. That's not just yeah. that it's a joke, um, but uh, you know, like I don't. Uh, <laughs> Kylo's the, Ben's the one who's had as has his point of view is he is he, aware that his has shifted. He, yeah. His has shifted. You know what I mean? So could it be? Does he? Is he? he does he use it to Ray? Yeah, interesting. I like that idea of him saying it in a so, bad way. Yeah, you you are invested in having it show up thematically. Uh, yeah, it you, makes a lot you, of sense. Are, are you in the camp of like, oh, maybe it'd be too on the nose to literally say it? Potent, uh, 
Potentially, um, but but not if it's in natu- naturally in a conversation between Kylo and 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 Ray. Yeah, and she's still. I don't think she's going to be as you're a monster type of thing, but just like you know, we're here for the. Uh, we got to destroy Palpatine, or we got to d- defend the Resistance, and well, that's your point of view. Like there, there, there could be a thematic conversation, but the actual words showing up could work really well, really yeah. powerful. It would be a powerful echo. Yeah. I I had run through a lot of ideas of who could say it, and I I obviously we know Mark Hamill is in the movie. Yeah, we uh, off, mm, we yeah. suspect Force Spirit, mm. and the way that I feel the Force uh, spirits have been presented in Star Wars is they 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 don't they're not just constantly whispering in you in your ear like a YouTube tutorial yeah, yeah, yeah. of how to do things. ASMR. They show up when yeah. you are um, when they are emotionally needed yeah. the most. Yep. Yep. So I wonder if it wouldn't be some great uh, Star Wars poetry for if Luke does have a talk with Rey when she really needs mm-hmm. some help from a mentor. Yeah. That it would be very interesting to have Luke say a certain point of view lesson that he learned from obi-wan and you get a chain of passing it on and it's a you know a quite straightforward could work for me rhythm with uh return of the jedi and if it's something that ray need ray's thinking about locked into thinking about something from a certain point of view yeah and it's a nice thing to hear from luke of like you can continue to look at it that way but what have you tried looking at it this other way and maybe it will help you move forward if he sits down while he does it we're good he brings his own log yeah yeah. if he brings (laughs) a log no that actually makes a lot of sense to have luke say it yeah Yeah. kind of fun too yeah i would like that yeah all right uh we've got got a few more similarities uh this is kind of a just a practical fun one Mm -hmm. uh in the third act of films a lot of side villains are killed yes they are so in revenge of the sith Dooku loses his head. Grievous's organ sack explodes. Yep. <laughs> the Separatists all get murdered. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, it's Jabba, Boba Fett, Piet. Obviously, uh, because of the structure of Return of the Jedi, the big villains die as well. Yeah. The Empire itself. Um, uh, Vader is defeated in Palpatine. Kind of died. He had a long fall. Yeah. We'll find out the rest. You'll find- but I just want to focus on the fact that side villains yes. die. That's that's the, the, the not as big plot threads. Yeah. being tied off right yeah. and when you start to add them up it's it's kind of a lot between those two movies so uh, hux is gonna die right oh he's gonna die <laughs> pride's gonna die uh, first order they're gonna die yeah you got anybody else i mean it looks unless they're hiding uh gwendolyn christie for us for some reason it looks like at least She's, in the movies yeah. that's it for phasma yeah, i think that's it for phasma yeah maybe there'll be a new side villain introduced the same way grievous was introduced in yeah, the last yeah. film well uh, i mean palpatine's popping up late in the game right yeah um but side villains yeah i know i think Bring them all in and send them all away. I think that has to happen. Yeah. Are you excited for the death of the character that people constantly tell me I look like, General Hux? Yeah, I'm not excited. Uh, I'm excited, but I do want to see it happen. It was sniveling little boot liquor. Yeah, plus you <laughs> killed your father. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, you know, Richard E. Grant, I'll hold judgment because I like him a lot. He, yeah. I might like uh, his character there, uh, Pride, General Pride. Um, but yeah, I, and I think I think Kylo will be the one to do it. You think Kylo will kill Hux? Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Oh, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put... A little bit of money on either General Pride and Hux killing each other, yeah, in some sort of uh, okay. conflict, 
I I could also go for uh, I could also <laughs> I'm saying it like a, it's yeah. a food I want. <laughs> I you know you know what I'm hungry for? Poe Dameron <laughs> murdering Hux. I could see that would a, work too. I could see a, a, a Poe Hux violence. That would actually work because part of this, when you look at the side villains who go mm. in in the final chapter of a trilogy, part of it functionally is to give lots of characters a moment to shine. Yeah, Dooku's murder is central to Anakin's story, yeah. but Grievous is a moment for Obi Wan to shine, right? right? Yep. Uh, Boba Fett is a moment for uh, uh, Han Solo um, and slapstick comedy to yeah, shine, and the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, uh, you know. So I wonder if if Hux's death will be a moment for Finn or Poe, or mm, you know, maybe Rose shoots him between the eyes. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it's a moment of victory for one of our she, known characters. She's got some some axes to grind with Hux. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for mm. for this because there's going to be an internet conversation around it. Yeah, this is one of those differences of like, eh, super nerds in 1983 knew uh, that's Piet <laughs> uh, taking an A wing to the face, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, taking a crinid to the face. <laughs> But that's different than living in our meme-hungry world yeah, yeah, where yeah. everybody is waiting to waiting. give Hux's death and waiting to have an opinion <laughs> about it, right? Oh, it there's so much already, weight to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people are going to celebrate it <laughs> for many different reasons. All right. Another uh, smaller rhyme. Heroes get help from creatures of the forest. Mm-hmm. In Sith, it's the Wookiees. In Jedi, it's the Ewoks. Obviously, different levels of technology. Do you think... Either or both Wookiees or uh, Ewoks will return. I don't. I don't. You don't. I want my Ewoks. Okay. It's looking less likely. Yeah. Um, They're not on the international poster with the no, pork. No. Um, Wookiees, I just don't think we're going to get that. We got Chewy. Uh, plenty. Um, I'd love, you know, Son of Tarful to emerge yeah. or Princess Nisa. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, but 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 primitive, uh, so-called primitive cultures helping to defeat the bigger technological uh, uh, organizations. Uh, the Akiaki is what you know. The, yeah, I, I don't. I think that's not in the big picture stuff. Yeah, but they could get a big victory. They but could you, help. But you yeah. could see a little bit of that idea of the large mechanical yeah. evil organization looks down upon the less technologically advanced. The resistance uh, and, yeah. and pays for their hubris, and the Akiaki could possibly yeah serve fill that role hundred percent because the, the resistance are there. They see that they're good. They, they're helping them or whatever, and they see the first order. And they rise and up, and you, you got a little bit of troops uh, and yeah, yeah, you got a little bit of uh, Han shrugging because the Ewoks have everybody surrounded. Yes, yeah, I would yes. like that. The, yep. uh, one thing that has occurred to me is we. I, I still think that is some moon of Endor that Ray is training on that we see. Yeah, but it could be Kashyyyk. Well, we know a little bit more about Kashyyyk. Where are the big spiders? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, could be. Yeah. Where they, Where can they hide is the question. And, yeah. And I still think hiding with the Ewoks makes a lot of sense. But hiding the Wookiees yeah. makes a lot of sense. And if we if we do get a, a Chewbacca family reunion, that'd be, yeah. that'd be good. If you had to choose between seeing Wookiees or Ewoks, what, what do you choose, Ken? <sighs> well, I'd say Ewoks. Yeah. So because we've got a lot of quality Wookiee time between but I'm, Solo and yeah, Revenge yeah. of the Sith. But the idea of Episode Nine ending at any point with Chewie finally going home to Mala. Come oh on. my gosh! Yes, come on. Yes, we don't have to choose. Yeah, we don't have to choose. We're going to see Ewoks yeah. 
and uh, yeah. in, in the ending that we've imagined, the long yeah. uh, uh, return of the king <laughs> yes, ending, yes, yes. where we get to see everybody go home. Uh, what do we know now? Two hours, 21 minutes is the runtime, JJ said. Last 21 minutes are life yeah. day across the galaxy. I like this. Everybody's yeah. celebrating. Yeah. All right, got just a couple more, and we'll wrap up this main topic. You touched on this uh, early on in our conversation mm-hmm. about one of the real big picture themes of the of both of the third act movies, mm-hmm. and that's just as cheesy as it might sound, the power of friends. Yeah. Uh, in Sith, everyone is coming apart. That's a that's part of how Palpatine wins. That mm-hmm. there's the entire you know plot about. Oh, the Jedi don't trust Palpatine, so they're getting Anakin to spy. So Palpatine mm. uses that. Uh, there's the betrayal of the clones. There's yeah. tons of doubt of in suspicion of nobody knowing exactly who to trust or believe throughout that entire film. And then Return of the Jedi is really this glowing, happy chorus of the opposite. It's yep. people mm, yeah. coming together. Han can't believe that his friends banded together to rescue him. Lando's not a bad guy. He's back and he's all in. The Ewoks don't want to let this happen. The Alliance is all together and bigger and better than ever. It it is so much about union. Yeah. So these two movies have, like, here's the dark side of when you can't trust the person next to you. And here's the light side of when you know that you are surrounded by allies. Mm. What do you think the movie is going to do with that theme? Oh, I think it's it's, it's the key to victory. It's, 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 Leia... Leia stood alone for so long, uh, stood alone in front of the First Order for so long, um, and you can't do it alone. Uh, and then people are going to, I think people feel bad, but also there are some people who probably were captured. And so I think it's all that shot of the fleet coming together. It's cool, but it's it's just thematically into, uh, you know, you need friends like these. Yeah. You need friends like these. And if, and if, if there's the ghost or Colossus and all those things we see. And there's any kind of nod to the all-star team that's been around the galaxy, black squadron, Shriv, Zay, any of that, any of that on any level, yeah. which now I have more, <laughs> more thought that that could happen. If Chris Terrio has been playing those games too, or watching those right. shows, um, reading resistance reborn. Yeah. Going, I yeah, I sure. <laughs> you need a shot of Shriv. Yeah. Um, then it will, it will be about the, the 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 friendship overcomes all. But no, but coming together is what f- wins the day, and will always win the day. Yeah, and that's that's the cycle, that's the poetry there, the circle of Star Wars. Um, you always talk about you know the, the evil. The part of the lesson is evil doesn't necessarily go away; it can always return if you're not careful. So, how do you defeat that? Friends, man. Yeah, band together. Yeah. yeah. I think there's definitely going to be that. That shot of all those ships to coming together is in just a trailer is already like moving, inspiring, yeah, yeah. And fist pumping. But I wonder if they're going to handle this theme a little bit with what we're seeing from 3PO. Yes. Of that idea of, well, uh, a part of being allies and a part of fighting a war is accepting that not all of us are going to make it. Yeah. And I wonder if there is going to be a little bit to, to give meaning to the end of it, right? Yeah. To say that. They're fighting for something that is bigger than themselves. Ties yep. to George's ideas about the force of, you know, yep. it's luminous. And part of the value of being selfless is we're all connected. Yeah. And I'm not just fighting for me. I'm fighting for the cause. And I don't want them to just slaughter characters to check a box. No, to go no, like, no, well, it was no. worth it. But if it's thematic, if it is this idea of I am fighting for this cause, I'm not just fighting for myself. That would be an interesting kind of escalation right. of that unity that we see in Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, I think it would be needed. I think it, 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 that goes to that tie to the core. 
George's core. Yeah. You need yeah. that. You need that. All right. My f- final uh, connection between all of our, our Star Wars movies that I wanted to touch on is the balance of the force itself. Right. Ooh, I, I, it's a big one. Yeah. It, it's going to be, uh, I think, acknowledged in some way. So obviously in Revenge of the Sith, the Jedi Order is destroyed. In Return of the Jedi, the Sith Order is destroyed. So what do you think will remain mm. after the rise of Skywalker ends? And what will it mean for the state of the Force? I still, I, I don't see the Jedi Order rising as we know it. Um, I don't think it's about that necessarily. It could be later on. Um, but what will be destroyed might be the walls around, the, the, the figurative walls around those organizations. I'm not saying there's some gray Jedi being born. Yeah. Um, but uh, going to Luke's speech in, in, in 8 about, you know, light, dark, death, life, you don't own that. No one owns that. Yeah. And how can you best use that? That's, that old way of thinking might be destroyed. The books might have actually been burned. Yeah. You know, by the end of this. Maybe. 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 So what do you think that would mean for the state of the Force? If we if we uh, believe what Luke says in Last Jedi is when Vader and Palpatine were, at least for a time, defeated in Return of the Jedi for a long time, there, there was, was balance because there, there weren't dark Force users mm-hmm. actively perverting the Force. So there yeah. wasn't a big need for Jedi to stand against that. But now this war has started again. Mm-hmm. And the light side and the dark side are in conflict. Do you think there will be a return to balance? Do you think there will be a better balance achieved than there had been before? A better balance. A real, more of a real balance. Not that that, that Luke was wrong. We're not taking away Luke's victory or the truth. Uh, Lor Senteca talking about the Jedi. There needs to be Jedi for balance. Just a new new way of looking at it. This idea of, like, if people are like, hey, the Skywalker means the new kind of Jedi. What does that really mean? You're just putting a new uniform and name on the the business? Yeah, is it just Jedi who can date freely? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like to go that and 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 um trying to understand the force the bigger picture of the force that's what i thought eight did addressed or tried to address so well at least pose those questions yeah um it wasn't as plain as as, as we thought growing up you know yeah side, dark side so I, I could could see some of that the old way of thinking being destroyed yeah i wonder if there's some power in just more lucas in interviews has very clearly articulated his right. meaning for balance there's been a lot of fun discussion of it lately, and I think yeah, you know, Freddy, uh, once yeah. art is created, anybody can have the interpretation uh, they want. We've got some great comments from yeah. um, uh, fans and patrons on Patreon about what they mean, so mm-hmm. not taking anybody's interpretation away. But from Lucas's point of view is the Sith create on balance because they're about greed, and they yeah. take and they take and they take. And I wonder if they're, if a part of the power of this end might just be our character's totally uh understanding and even verbalizing that mm. that mm. in order for this to end palpatine must end mm. and ray and in in his absence ray and ben can just put their lightsabers down for now right uh and if there might be a balance just that it is better understood and articulated right. by the characters yeah yeah an actual felt balance maybe yeah okay yeah uh, do you have any thoughts? No, on no, that? no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's great that it goes that way because it's not as simple as you know the first order destroyed. They win. No, it's like this has to it has to deal with the uh, 
Sith and Jedi are the fuel of this fire here. Yeah, so. you know, it's, it's what the Skywalkers yeah. have been, Sith yeah. and Jedi. Yeah. In terms of, you know, is will there be Jedi, will Skywalker come to take on some new meaning? Mm-hmm. All those questions are all interesting to me. I do think there's definitely going to be some play with what, what Skywalker means. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, very much so. But, and this is just wild speculation. I would I would be happy with an ending that the Jedi will rise if they're needed. Because there's so yeah, much in Last okay. Jedi about Luke going like, well, maybe I shouldn't have trained them because then they right. just become a target for uh, the dark side. It, you know, it just opens mm-hmm, Ben to this. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the Jedi are so much about defense. Like that would that to me would be a, a perfectly beautiful ending for Rey if yeah. the story builds to it of, look, we defeated the threat. It's not my first thing to do to run out and train a we'll bunch of, yeah, 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 of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go around and train some people. Use the force of a, a volunteer fire force, a volunteer Jedi. Right, and we'll put the lightsaber in in yeah. another uh, box. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and and we will open it if we're we we raise our blades in defense, and we're all happy to do that. But we're not someday gonna, if yeah. there, it's needed. But we're not going to go around assuming it's going to be needed. Yeah, no temples, no organizational yeah. flowchart. Yeah. yeah, I could like that. The like Jedi that. will return. Yeah. If needed. If needed. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Jedi will be back. Yeah. Yes. I like that. If we think, eh, yeah, we should be back. We should be back. Yeah. So, so much going on. Yeah. Uh, all of these movies, Return of the Jedi, I think the least, mm-hmm. have a lot going on. Revenge of the Sith has a lot going on. Rise of Skywalker might even escalate how much we've got going on. But it's, uh, it's really fun to look at it from the perspective of how do endings work? Yeah. How do characters get to where they're going? And how do you make sure that you are communicating meaning at the end of your story because a lot of us will look for it and getting uh, satisfactory answers also that there is answers that can sometimes be disappointing or depressing or anger inducing to people that's not the answer i wanted but there's a lot on their plate and they they to study what came before you know that they did that yes they, that's gonna be there's a lot of studying going on a lot of studying <laughs> going on well some of this served as predictions but a lot of it was just exploration of the themes in the uh eight nine uh for coming to nine seven eight is what i'm trying to say and nine so we'll, we'll go back later and see how much of the themes really did yeah. lead us down yeah. this path thank you joseph absolutely uh, for right now though we gotta close out the show with some audience questions from facebook stephen collins writes if the resistance was a relatively small group and poe was very high up in command how had we never met or even seen vice admiral holdo before okay this is a great question one yeah. of those little plot little plot squibbles uh, uh um I, I have a path I'm going down, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I assume that we're going down I a similar are, yeah. path. Uh, Poe is based on Dakar in, in, in his comic book mm-hmm. uh, in dealing pretty directly with Leia. Yeah. Not all of the resistance is on Dakar. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's in the last Jedi novelization that after the events of Force Awakens, Leia called most of the resistance back to Dakar. Yeah. So I think it's that Holdo is off doing other stuff for yeah. the resistance. Poe is working directly with Leia, so certainly aware of Vice Admiral Holdo, yeah. because he says in Last Jedi, that's Vice Admiral that's what, Holdo. Yeah. He's aware of her. He just hasn't 
matter yet because the resistance all isn't physically in one place. Yeah, the, the resistance also isn't like uh, the New Republic Army or military. It isn't uh, um, normal. It, it's operating not necessarily in the shadows, but Leia's putting it together and needing you know not a lot of funds or resources. Hold on by the fact that she is dressed a little different and is an old friend and uh, probably didn't have a seek out a military career. She might be doing other things behind the scenes, other yeah. campaigns. Um, and then in the middle, of uh, wins this battle and earns a reputation. Yeah. And you just have to not see her. Yeah, the Battle yeah. of Chiron Belts. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Stephen, it's a, good, it's a good little mini Star Wars counseling question, but I think that's a good uh, answer for now. Matthew Craven. Hi, Force Center. Just wondering, what are your thoughts on the space battle for the Rise of Skywalker? Do you guys think we will see a battle or two at the same scale as the opening of uh, Battle of Coruscant in Episode 3? I hope so. Uh, that battle is uh, the highlight for me. Follow closely by Battle of Endor. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Well, this is talking about battles and what yeah. might be in episode nine that was in three and six. We're going to get some big ones. Big old space battles. Big yeah. Old. And when, uh, when Abrams talks about the scale of nine being big, I, I really think he means things like the, the space battles of like, how yeah. can they be bigger than bigger. they've ever been? Obviously, we've seen all those lightning shots of the uh, Imperial Star Destroyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that. I think there's a possibility of, of two big fights. Oh, yeah. At absolutely. least. Uh, and it could uh, be, yeah, Resistance First Order. It could be Resistance and the First Order versus Palpatine. It could be all the, yeah, it yeah. could be. Yeah, could I think this is going to be a, a three-way tree. battle. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, where are where are the first order ships? We haven't seen a lot that, of it uh, yeah. during that whatever's going on in that lightning, that blue yeah. lightning battle. Yeah, and we haven't seen Hux or Pride in the spots, and I think that's very intentional. Yeah. I think yeah. So I think the answer is yes. The question is how many big space battles? Yeah, and I think this is going to be uh, Kevin Smith's comments of being on set for kind of made you think that this is something huge and unbelievable going on, mm-hmm. something we can't even comprehend. I like that. From uh, Matthew and Stephen, uh, thank you. Uh, we go to Patreon. Dylan Radcliffe. Hello, Force Center. All this commotion over Mandalorians <laughs> and Jedi Fallen Order has got me thinking about the video game Bounty Hunter. Did you play that game? What other Star Wars job, lifestyle would you want to experience in a video game? Makes for a great show. Oh, thank you, Dylan. Dylan from the sixth planet of the Canadian system. <laughs> All right. Uh, I Bounty Hunter, is that the one with Django? Yep. I played it for five minutes <laughs> at a friend's house. Also, not your cup of tea. No, game, I, I game just didn't own it. By the way, okay. I didn't really own video game systems until uh, PS3 in about okay. 2008 or nine. Okay, uh, I had my friends had them in my house. Like I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like a champ. <laughs> Madden. I did have a PS2, but like I didn't okay. get into it. To a little bit later. So um, I played TIE Fighter on the Commodore 64. No, <laughs> a little older, on, on a regular, just a, um, a PC. But uh, played this at a friend's house and went, oh, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play it. It, I, it was in a window where I was, uh, I think, being careful about my video, uh, video game uh, uh, addiction, and, and I was probably playing another a couple other video games. So I did not mm-hmm. play it, but I did see that it is available to download on uh, PS4. It so is. I, yeah. So I would like to play it. I know people uh, really think a lot of that game, and it filled out uh, Django's backstory in what is now Legends canon really well. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in it. For the second part of Dylan's question of the Star Wars job lifestyle you'd want to experience, I'm really enjoying Jedi Fallen Order. I would love to be, and I know there are many video games like this, but I would love to be a Jedi in the height of right. the Republic. And I, I like Fallen Order a lot, but I would love a little bit more 
a little bit more open because even even yes. Jedi Fallen Order is like you need to go from point A to point B. Yeah. And this is the only way to do it. You can't just wander around and get to the castle when you get to it. It right. is it is you saying gotta, yeah. this is the only way you get there. Yeah. Um I would love something that is much more like Red Dead Redemption. That is yes. you could go play Sabacc Oh, for yeah. 72 hours as a Jedi, yeah. or you can ride your, you know, do back yeah. into town and do the actual mission in this town, or you could go back to that town you've already been in because you want to lightsaber fight that one guy who was being yeah. an asshole and daring you, and you can really, truly just wander as a Jedi, play yeah. the mission or don't. Yeah. I, I still really hope for that kind of game as a Jedi. I think it needs to happen on Carson. I want I want a city management game. Oh, yeah. Manage, <laughs> or maybe city management, you manage the Death Star. You, you want a yeah, yeah. Sim Coruscant. Yeah. yeah, I want a Moff Jer Gerard game where you build the Death Star as quick as, yeah. quick as you can. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, everything I think we've we've seen, we've, we've yeah. everything we've wanted, we might have seen. I'll throw out one other, which yeah. I think will never happen, but because they don't make video games like this yeah. after as we watch mandalorian i'd be happy to just play the mandalorian since it's already set up oh yeah yeah the old remember the <laughs> as, old uh, video game ad- yeah. adaptations yeah Here, here's here's the mission uh defeat all the nikto yeah. to get to baby yoda oh yeah. you did that okay you got to fight the mudhorn you know yeah the, 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 the like the revenge of the sith one a lot of people yeah. like that one yeah great stuff dylan final one from alden diaz do you think we've run out of possible variations on lightsaber types the staffs, cross guards, short swords, spitting swords, whips, etc. have all felt fitting in my eyes, and they've been instrumental in guiding us in and out of different eras in Star Wars lore. But I sometimes worry that we'll hit a wall soon with lightsabers. What more can be done? And do you have a, f- a favorite speciality type? Yeah, I like this because this ties a little bit to why some stuff I, I don't get interested in in Legends, where you know we've seen the, like the light whips, okay, like I'm, but it, that's an example to me of just like. Okay, sure. I yeah. just like give me a blade, maybe a two sided blade, and call it a day. That's me. I'm a simple lightsaber. <laughs> you're a guy. meat and potatoes lightsaber yeah, guy. I don't need like a spiked fist that's really lightsaber. You know, you don't want studs uh, coming out uh, of it. Small yeah. hilts uh, yeah. inserted in between your knuckles no. for Wolverine lightsaber claws. No, I don't need that. Okay, I don't need that. Okay, you? Yeah, that'd I don't be wanna, fine. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is a lot of variety to be had, not in crazy designs, but in hilt. And yeah. meaning and storytelling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I'm not going to say it. The, but mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, there's j- just at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. The what they chose to highlight of this part, this kind of design kind of uh, ties to this kind of character. I think there's so much to be uh, uh, played with in terms of like Count Dooku and Asajj Ventress's curved curved blades. Yeah, yeah. And what does that mean? And uh, you know, we we got to see in Clone Wars uh, the Wookiee Gungi yeah, yeah. using some wood in his lightsaber. I think that kind of thing, the hilt, the color, the yeah. meaning, tons of storytelling to be had. I think we are getting pretty close to, yeah. you know, yes, this is my strap on lightsaber belt that yeah, spins yeah, yeah. around. So don't yeah. get close to me. Like, is that a spoon or a lightsaber? Yeah, it's both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Got to be careful of the Swiss army knife uh-huh. lightsaber. Yep. But I'm yep. all about them hilts. Yeah. Uh, no, the hilts. And having, I'm having fun with that in Fallen Order. Uh, I yeah. found the one I like, you know? Excellent. We'll excellent. see. And now it's two-sided. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Alden. Thank you, Dylan, Matthew, Stephen. Uh, for those, if you have a question you want to get to us or you want to comment on today's episode, including the news, go to uh, Twitter and follow follow us at ForceCenterPod. Use the hashtag ForceCenter. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net is our website. Uh, podcast available in a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Podcasts, Stitcher. 
Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Anchors are home. Check out there. We're still working on some of the old past episodes that are cutting off. It's not everyone, so it's hard to find them, but I'm reloading them, and we're working on it with engineers and Anchor. Appreciate that. Uh, we're on YouTube. And don't forget, patreon.com slash centers where you can support the show. And if you want to rep the show, Joseph, if you want to wear T-shirts in public, yeah, this is the spot. That is right. You can get our Speculate Responsibly t-shirt. Uh, perhaps uh, I will start wearing mine more to remind me to speculate yeah, responsibly and come up with uh, cool ideas, but let them go if need be. You can get that and our I Heart Murder Bear shirt and all sorts of other shirts at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Absolutely. For our, our own things, you can follow me at catnapsock.com for information on shows, comic uh, comic appearances, books, and more. You. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for comedy shows and other podcasts and comedy albums. Got a bunch of shows coming up. And for my podcast, Obsessed, I want to highlight that Jennifer Murrow, writer of Forces of Destiny, is on Obsessed this week on my podcast, Obsessed, talking about jazz in Hollywood. Uh, She's a great guest. And uh, I still think uh, the world of Forces of Destiny, which uh, Jennifer developed, so it was great fun uh, to meet a Star Wars creator like her and interview her about one of her other interests so that's again on my website at josephsgrimshaw.com don't forget jennifer landa she's still part of the team she's just home raising a padawan right now but she has a, a recent uh, an episode of, of uh, happy beeps out we're uh, hoping to get her thoughts uh, in the studio for the mandalorian stuff go to her youtube channel and get a lot of uh, her material as well and that is it for this week so for the endings well this is our ending today we'll see you next time on force Night. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.